You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Good morning. Good morning. How's the sound, Tux? Be honest. Sounds good. Be honest. Okay. No, sounds good. Sweet. Yeah, try it out our new mixer here. So far, so good. Yeah, Hopefully it stays that way. Eliminated the echo, I believe. I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, yeah, I'm here right now. Sounds okay, good. good. Sweet. All right, we already got uh, 20 people on board. Guys, like and share. Let's let's get a good crowd as usual. Uh, this should be perhaps a little bit shorter show. We'll see with the viewers on stage. But uh, we don't have a special guest lined up today. Uh, no dev report today. Um, so things should go a little faster. But I'm, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure we'll have a, a lengthy viewers on stage the monerotopia after hours segment will be uh long as usual yeah um yeah let's let's get things started i don't know unless there's anything you want to throw out there now in the beginning uh yeah we should mention that uh sanita messaged and said that the first monerotopia episode anniversary was this past wednesday january 31st wow yeah 2021 three years oh my god three whole years yeah that's kind of scary because we, we started monerotopia way after monero talk how long? So their talk was started in what, like 2019, 2020? No, 2018. Almost, oh, almost wow. 2017. Oh. Yeah. I think 20, yeah, early 2018. Jesus. This is like becoming a, a decade-long journey, guys. I'm, I'm aging. It's all fun, though. I'm having a grand, grand old time. Yeah, I think Monero Talk and Meritopia has been one of the the main like avenues for for like crypto and Monero, at least for me. That's that's the main reason I was able to find out all these prominent people. When I got to Monero, I'm like, oh, there's this show called Monero Talk. They probably talk about Monero. And I started listening to Monero Talk. Yeah, I think, I, think, oh. I think we've done a good job at uh, staying consistent. You know, that, that, that that's the hard that's the hard part, right? Uh, sticking with it. We, we we have the endurance, and we're we're definitely not going anywhere soon. Not until Monero hits a thousand dollars. So I'll I'll be here for. You know, for quite some time. Uh, and they're probably thereafter as well. Definitely got a few high 2024 predictions on that uh, that predictions wallet. Oh, did we? Did we get some high ones? Yeah, we had some pretty high ones. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know about that. 2024, I mean. It's going to be an interesting year. But uh, things, things feel stronger than ever in terms of people in general talking about Monero. It getting like kind of bleeding into the Bitcoin privacy space. Um adoption in you know in the dark markets uh i'm just seeing more and more growth for monero in terms of in terms of adoption and it's it's got that lindy effect you know uh, monero monero hasn't been around as long as bitcoin but longer than most it's one of the oldest cryptos and uh the lo- the longer it stays right the longer it probably will stay around so it's it's really grabbed a stronghold i feel like in 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 crypto in general and so uh we, we should all be happy about that um but yeah let's let's get it going man let's let's do price report i haven't been paying attention at all to to 
to Monero's price or anything that's going on in the economy. Actually, I've even head, head down working on uh, Monero-related projects. So uh, I'm curious to hear what's going on while I get really? money up here. That's what a res- resident non-financial advisor is here for. Fill you in. Get them up. All right, let's run that price support. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Hey, what's up, guys? Morning, buddy. Just uh, getting ready to give some certified financial advice, anarchist financial advice. Come at me, bro. No, actually, please don't. If you can find free nuts. Ooh, you actually are way quieter than body now, Doug. Uh, really? It's happening again. No, I think it's I think it's the level was the same before, but I I didn't realize because I didn't have anything to compare it to. I can turn my mic down. Here, hang on a second. Yeah, Buddy's just a little loud, so he turns his down. Doug, you turn yours up a little bit, and then you should be good. Alrighty, wait. You know what? Because then there's there's a bot there's volume controls on. Oh, yeah, I see Buddy's. Hold on, on Streamyard itself. I have the automatic set on my mic. For whatever reason, my microphone is like flashing at me when I try to turn it down. Like the microphone has a light on it. Yeah, like yeah, there's a the, little bit. All right. Is that a little better? Yeah, okay. that's better. Now you two are more even. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. Well, any, uh, I don't know, any other things to talk about before we launch into a bunch of macro bullshit? <laughs> uh, not really. I haven't been paying a lot of close attention to uh, to the uh, to the doings this week. I don't know about you. I've had my head in, in other places, so you tell well, me, what, what did I miss? Our favorite central banker gave um, this monthly FOMC speech. It's not exactly monthly, but almost. Um, so Jerome Powell got up and talked about um, the economy and recovery and inflation. Um, he didn't really say anything of that great importance, except for like one big one big headliner item. So first of all, they, they kept the interest rates the same. Um, and then second, uh, he talked about that most of the people on the Federal Reserve Board think that it will be appropriate at some point this year to start lowering rates. Um, they further expounded upon the um the conditions by which they might think a rate drop would be appropriate so um yeah i guess that that could be coming he didn't he wasn't specific about like any time frame um nothing like that he just said hey it seems like this is probably coming we think this is this is going to be appropriate here i think he i'm pretty sure he said this year i'm like 90 percent sure he said probably but um as always they say that they're data driven so um, I guess like that's kind of a good thing and kind of a bad thing because if rates start dropping, um, that does scare us a little bit because that's like that's the pattern for the markets dropping. It won't scare me because I've got a decent amount of cash sitting on the side ready for that. Maybe the you know maybe it'll just pass me by. So uh, who knows? But anyways, I got my fat stack of Monero, so I'll be holding on to that. So basically, stable coins right now. Um, okay, so let's just talk. Let's start with Monero. I added some new stuff, so hopefully, um, hopefully for anyone out there that wants to see more Monero price related things. Um, you can be more bored. It's <laughs> just flat. Um, all right, we'll start with the usual stuff. So this is Monero versus the U.S. dollar. Um, actually, we're, we've kind of moved up to the top side. So after this little bit of a washout here, Monero has kind of bounced back up. So that's nice. Um, we saw the same thing. Like you see that reflected in the charts, the relative valuation of Monero to Bitcoin. Um, so this chart still isn't that great, but <clears throat> you know, the longer that we can just like trend sideways, there's a slightly better chance that we don't come back down to the downside. Um, I've actually been spending a lot of Monero. I need to top up again, so I'm I'm kind of um, hoping that that this thing gets to to the downside here, so I can I can refresh my reserves. Uh, Monero versus Ethereum um, has actually gotten back and is now like this chart. Sorry, excuse me. 
this chart appears like it has probably um, found some kind of bottoming here. Uh, I mean, it's I say that it's hard to say that things can change quickly. Um, I tend to think that there's still probably a little bit more upside um, for crypto, kind of like we talked about last week. Um, you know, we really we expected this this move back to the upside. We weren't really too scared. Um, it, it did seem like Grayscale rebalancing its um, its ETF because previously it was a trust and they were they had that negative NAV where their um, their trading price on the Nasdaq was negative to the like the full assets of Bitcoin they held. So they actually had to sell off a lot of Bitcoin on that ETF um, after it converted. So I think that was probably a factor um, in in the price drop. And uh, once that finished, we said, okay, there's there's a decent chance things are going to move up. And um, luckily, that's what we've seen. So we've got some more gains. Probably m some people on the show hold more than just Monero, um, although I'm sure we have some Monero extremists out there as well. We, uh, we've seen something interesting with Poloniex where they just continue to be highly price divergent and doing pretty significant volumes below Kraken. So everyone else is pretty centered around the zero point, but Poloniex is still um, still remains fairly negative in that regard. So I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't know if that means anything. I don't trust them. I don't trust Justin's son. But, uh, you know, that, that that's what the chart looks like there. So today I also thought um, that we could look at some other stuff with uh, basically Monero price relative to other assets. So, for example, we're looking here at the XMR versus gold chart. Uh, and since gold is kind of flat too, like there's just not a whole lot of volatility. Um, it, I mean, you'll notice it looks almost exactly the same as the Monero versus USD chart. So um, not much to see here. Again, just trending sideways, uh, falling volatility. I, uh, I tend to think, you know, that this chart could actually um, could trend sideways maybe longer than even the, the XMR USD chart because, um, you know, it seems like gold and Monero might, maybe I should do a correlation analysis on them at some point, but... Um, it seems like gold and Monero, since they have that like similar dynamic with their price, that perhaps um, maybe Monero and gold pressure release valve gets um, gets released at the same time. So um, there's uh, we could look at the Monero versus the Nasdaq as well. So uh, this chart is not as fluffy, happy goodness as uh, as our stablecoin price because um, it's kind of going down. Right, Nasdaq is going up, Monero has been going down. This almost looks like a falling triangle. So if we were to to draw this right here on a more shorter time frame. You could almost call this um, a falling triangle. Let's try and draw that. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of get this this situation where it's doing that. Um, it's not exactly a triangle, right? Because these these top points don't connect, but it's it's basically like you know you got this flat bottom and in this like lowering lows here. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't call that like the best looking chart either. But uh, hey, you guys asked for it. This is what that chart looks like. Um, wave magic on it. You know what? Because of the way I have this script, I always have to do. I have to multiply by a significant amount to um, to get the lower lines to show up sometimes, usually when I'm dividing assets by each other. So on the wave magic, this is actually headed down to this lower standard deviation cluster. Uh, and again, this is Monero versus the NASDAQ, right? How are we performing relative to the NASDAQ? So, um, you know, you just divide the one by the other. So, uh, yeah, right now, I mean, I, I don't like the way this setup is looking. It, it doesn't necessarily have to go down. I don't think that the NASDAQ necessarily has like a whole lot more juice to squeeze i think it still has more juice to squeeze i think the direction is still up we'll take a look at that in a second but um yeah i mean not not the best looking chart here this could um plausibly this this chart could plausibly um from a wave magic standpoint uh the price could like kind of trend here on that bottom uh lower standard deviation and then, and then maybe rebound and if we've got like a bull market coming to us maybe within the next um six to nine months um or starting next year, then then yeah, I mean maybe this thing could trend down here and then start popping to the upside. So uh, I, I'm not like 
I, I wouldn't put too much stock in that chart. We're just looking at it kind of uh, just because, you know, just because why not? It's, it's fun to look at um, some different correlations and different um, uh, comparisons. Uh, in this case, we've got Monero times the dollar index. The reason that we multiply by the dollar index is because typically risk assets are inversely correlated with the dollar index. So if the Dixie is going up and your asset is also going up, um, that's actually like performing really well. And we do the same thing with gold. It just it's it gives you a better um, a better idea of how the asset is really performing relative to like kind of the macro situation in terms of um, in terms of dollars. And gold is actually a really good chart to look at to look at that as well. Uh, but you'll see that there's really nothing to look at here. It's it's the same story as as before, right? It's just flat. Monero's not doing much. So um, hopefully uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed being bored here, looking at all the correlations from Monero to all the other stuff, or at least some of the other important stuff. Uh, let's take a look at the transactions. Monero transactions are basically the same, right? We're, we're sitting about um, in between twenty and twenty-five thousand transactions per day. Um, I do like that we we do seem to have been trending up now since really the bottom of of the bear market. Um, it's it's a very like mild trend to the upside, but it's definitely there. Um, so that's nice. Um, we can also look at let's take a look at the hash rate. We never look, we don't look at the hash rate enough, anyways. So, uh, mining difficulty per day. We need to look at the difficulty. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so. Where did we convert to RandomX? 2019. We converted to RandomX right about yeah. Uh, try that. There we go. Yeah. So we converted to RandomX right around there. Um, and we've kind of been flat, right? It's things are just kind of uh, flattened off here. It's interesting because um, this almost, almost, you would almost say that this has some kind of like correlation to the prices. So um, yeah, uh, I suppose you know we just need to turn on more Monero miners. Um, we need some more black hats out there hacking um, government computers and setting them to be Monero miners. Just kidding. Don't come at me, government. Those guys will come at you for saying anything. Uh, but it was just a joke, right? So you can't uh, can't come at me. No. Uh, Hack those Kubernetes yeah. clusters to mine Monero. That's right. Um, but only only against the government, not against um, like regular people. A unless you want to like mine, like hack their computer, mine, and then deposit Monero for account. This is all like, theoretical, you know. like, uh, like in Minecraft kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is all testnet kind of stuff. I would never... Um, recommend anyone hacking anyone ever especially the government please don't hack the government all right anyways enough um in incriminating speech let's go to something else uh, average transaction yeah i don't think there's oh here we go tweets per day we got any more tweets happening mm, kind of not really maybe let's take a look at the um at the moving averages on this one sometimes you have to smooth this out we'll do 30 day moving average wow okay so we had a big ass pump in january um 2023 wait Oh, they stopped reporting on it. Oh, yeah, because Twitter probably shut down their APIs. They're assholes. Oh, that's all. That's all from 2023. Yeah. Okay. Man, we had that's interesting. So we did have a lot of, uh, yeah, at, at the turn of last year when Monero was performing relative price to everybody else doing better, um, there was a lot of Monero tweets. Interesting. I'm curious what this chart would be now. Yeah. Mr. Musk, could you please reopen the API? No, he's not going to do it. <laughs> he shut it down. He, he went the other way. Twitter, uh, Knitter is, is dying. I didn't realize he sh he shut down the the API to Twitter to X. Yeah, I mean, probably um, probably Tux could tell us more, but like Knitter has not been working for me very well for for a while now. Maybe there's some instances instances that are still working, but um, yeah, they're kind of like like pulling that back. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Uh, Twitter originally they they stopped letting people use API for free, for free. And then Knitter moved into a web scraping model. Well, now in order to view almost anything on Twitter, you have to be logged in. And so there was this method that somebody made up that would generate, like, it would use uh, the way that Android accounts are generated on an Android device, where if you install Twitter, you can just look at Twitter without being logged in. It would 
basically use that to generate like 20,000 guest accounts. So you had like this large repository of accounts that could use the Twitter API, but Twitter seemed to kind of shut that down also. Uh, and mm. so all the Knitter instances are slowly going away. Mine still works on and off, um, but I'm going to have to shut it down soon, unfortunately. Yeah. There's your long did. answer. Did not know. You would think that Grok would be giving them enough income for that to... It might even hurt them. Like, shutting that API down just kind of, like, reduces visibility and probably... You know, in reality, it probably doesn't matter at all. Because well, they have one. It's just care. really expensive, which I've seen firsthand uh, Cake paying for what they get to have Cake Pay continue working. It's kind of a lot for the amount of requests you get. It's pretty expensive. Or it's kind of little for what you're paying for. Interesting. Okay, well, sad day for Twitter. Well, sad day for Netter, really. Um, all right, I guess that's um, that's mostly it for Monero here. I, I guess we could go to um, we could pull up the the Bitcoin or sorry the Monero mentions on Google. Maybe next week we'll do that. Uh, okay, so here's the Monero notes: twenty two thousand five hundred thirty seven. Um, seems to be all over the place, uh, or I mean, all over the world. And we we seem to be pretty consistently above twenty thousand now. Mm -hmm. I remember a couple years ago we were like twelve thousand, and now we're at twenty two thousand. I I am slightly suspicious of this because we haven't had a commensurate increase in transactions per day. Like we've had a little bit of increase in transactions per day, but not, we haven't doubled. Uh, we haven't gone to like 40,000. So I do wonder um, how many of these nodes are like, I don't know, attempted surveillance honeypot nodes. I have to assume it's pretty, it's trivial for a large resource or even a medium resource actor to spin up a shitload of Monero nodes at various lists. So, um, but you know, um, okay. It's not surprising if that's the case. We, we knew the government if Monero works, they're going to try and break it and do their best. Or chain analysis. I say the government, but, you know, also... You need to rally everyone to get their uh, their toasters and their refrigerators and their cars all mining. If we get yeah, a few million of those, that would still make a small difference. How is the Monero hash rate looking? Oh, yeah, we um go back to that. Hash rate is sitting up here at 3 gigas. Uh, maybe not 3 gigas, more like... Let's zoom in. It's been a little bit higher on average. Look at the... Past year. But lo long term, it's... So it's actually... So, right... Around. Long term, it is. Right here is where RandomX turned on. So that's really that's really like where the important thing is. This first spike is just people converting over from RandomX. So mm -hmm. uh, in reality, probably what we should be looking at is something like that. So, uh, I mean, it looks like you'd expect, right? Hash rate increased um, basically into into the top of the bull market. Uh, a little bit after, actually. We kept we kept going up for a while, which was kind of cool. And then things, um, it seemed like they flattened out. And then lately, they it's, it's like there's been this drop off here. So... I mean, it, this isn't, these aren't like huge movements though either, like 2.8 to 2.2. I mean, that is kind of big. That's like 30, it's about 30%, um, maybe slightly less than 30%. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's mostly, mostly just flat, not, not too much changing there. I started actively mining on my computer, which was originally built to be a miner. Oh, nice. Um, I've been using the Goopax. Have you, have you guys tried that out? Tux, you've tried that, right? Yeah, I love Goopax. So awesome. Um, yeah, anybody who's like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm interested in mining, but you know, I'm not, I'm not super technical or whatever. Uh, you don't get easier than Goopax, and it allows you to mine via P2 pool, um, and it's literally just downloading the application, running the software, turning, you know, turning it on, entering a your unique uh, Monero receive address. It has to be. You know, a base address can't be like a sub address. So create a new wallet, enter your Monero address, and you hit the start button on the P2 pool chain. And then you hit the start button on the, you know, on the Monero miner application. And that's it. And it just goes like it's really, it's really hard to fuck up. Yeah. And the big thing is that it lets you mine P2 pool using 
third-party nodes, which it's still recommended to use your own. But the official Monero GUI client, uh, if I remember correctly, doesn't let you mine P2Pool on, uh, or mine at all on third-party nodes. So Right. So yeah, you don't even need to have uh, a, your own full node up and running, which obviously recommended to do so. But like for people, like it, it just makes it so easy to just get started, right? And then you could slowly perfect your you know, make it more pure. Maybe eventually you start running a full node and, and, and using that. But if you just want to get it up and running, it takes no more than like two minutes. And it, it makes sense that you, sh you should be able to point, maybe that's something we could um, ask for a change in the Monero GUI wallet is that, because I mean, you might be running your node on your local network on your, maybe your laptop or your desktop. And then maybe you want to mine on your laptop or you want to mine on your refrigerator and your toaster. And mm -hmm. your doorbell alarm, uh, and you want to point that all to your, um, you know, to your own local network node. I mean, I could definitely see valid use cases there. The more yeah. narrow mining you do, the less CPU cycles it has to spy on you. That's hilarious. How, how can we? How could you simplify it though to the point where somebody can kind of easily turn these Internet of Thing devices into Monero miners? Like, what would be the uh, the way of going about that? I mean, it's already, like, if you don't have a display, it's not going to be, like, you know, as, like, point-and-click easy, right? If if it doesn't have a display, like, if you're trying to... If you're trying to get your car radio to mine Monero, right, there's a chance it runs Linux, but there's also a chance you have to, like, do some stuff to get to a terminal, right? So that's not recommended. But if you have, like, let's say you've got a, um, a refrigerator that's, like, a Samsung refrigerator. Those usually have Android tablets in them. You could, theoretically, run... Uh, mine Monero using the Termux way, which I know some people have mentioned and shown before, which does work. It's very slow. Uh, you know, phone hardware is not great at mining Termux, but it does work. It does work. But if you if it's just a computer, then Goopax, honestly. Goopax. I've never heard of Goopax. Yeah, Goopax has been around for it's been around for a while now. I think it's almost like two years. Um, but yeah, they've done a they've done a. It's become I've seen it's that people are starting to to notice it. And realize how how awesome it is just for its ability to make P two pool mining. Like when I when I bought this computer, I bought it off of Mike Custom Tech, uh, paid with Monero, and he built it to be a Monero miner um, slash computer that we use in our studio. And he sent it like all set up, even with, like with XMR rig ready to go and P two pool set up. Um, but like I don't know, I don't know what happened. I like tried running it like a few times and for whatever reason, like I couldn't get the P2 pool to link up with the XMR rig, and I just walked away from it. Just didn't have time. Uh, you know, moved on to other things. So I I never got the miner up and running on this thing. And then last week I was like, it was actually during the show last week. Somebody had brought up Goopax. I'm like, I just gotta, I just gotta give that a go. And I did it after the show, and it literally took two minutes. Bam, mining on my CPU. Like no, no thought, no thought required. Not that it's not, it's not good to, uh, you know, use your brain and try to like actually understand what's going on behind the scenes, but it does make it super simple. And, uh, I, I definitely see it gaining, uh, gaining a lot more traction. So what did your hardware look like? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Like a Ryzen. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's probably, if yeah, it's dedicated, it's probably a Ryzen 950, 950X. Yeah. Let me see. What was my, uh. So I'm, getting like, I'm getting like ten mine. ten cents a day mining. Nice. So, uh, hey, wait, Monero's a thousand bucks. That'll be uh, closer to a buck, you know. So I was getting um, eleven thousand hashes per second. Okay, so you've probably got like a twelve core, something like that. Eleven kilo yeah. hashes. Yeah, that's that's probably uh, about fifty nine hundred x. 
Yeah, those seem to be really popular, the 5900X. No, yep, they're actually yeah, some no, of the most efficient CPUs. Yeah, I got right. the AMD Ryzen 9 15, uh, 5950X, 16. Oh, you do have 5950X. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You might not have the MSR uh, mod applied, um, which is like, Gupax can do it, but sometimes it doesn't work. Um, sometimes it gives an error, uh, but it applies this MSR mod, which it's like modifications to the OS that uh, for the specific CPU that helps it mine faster, but it's not recommended to do that always if it's like your main system that you're like using for other stuff because oftentimes it ends up disabling some security things. So if it's just a miner, that's fine. If it's not, I wouldn't recommend that. But 11 kill hashes is not bad at all. That's that's, that's pretty good. So that's how, would I, how would I go about pumping it up to its max? You may have to... Um, are you using Gupax? Yeah. When you when you run it, um, does it tell you that it failed to apply the MSR mod? And you're on Windows probably, right? Yeah, I'm on Windows. Okay, you probably have to s- disable memory isolation, which is something I'll have to show you later. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, there's probably a way to get it, pump those numbers up just a little more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 11, I mean... I, I do. We do use this computer for for other things, and you know, for for yeah, our show and like saving stuff. But also, I, I I bought it with the intention of being a Monero miner, so I really don't, I really don't care if I burn the thing out. Like that was that was the whole idea. So I'd like to. That's one thing that's it. so cool about Monero get mining is that um, with CPU mining, like the the testing that they did on that chip before they shipped it, is vastly more than you're gonna use it on a day to day basis, even if you're mining Monero. Um, at least if you're not overclocking. Whereas like GPUs, and if you're mining on GPUs, those tend to burn out over time, um, even if you're not overclocking. So um, that that is one thing that's nice. Like you're you're not going to burn out your CPU mining Monero unless you start fiddling with um, with BIOS settings and overclocking. Yeah, I mean as long as it's running under a decent temp. And are you running Windows on that or Linux? Windows. Okay. Yeah, my figured. Sorry, sorry, Tux. I know, I know that hurts. Oh. <laughs> Here's that dagger you just stabbed it. Every time someone says they run Windows, I just die slightly more. Yeah, but you know, we, we this is a good sign, right? Like, so the fact that Gupax is is so easy that somebody like me is just gets it up and running with no problems is fantastic. It's good though. And like, I, we want Bill Gates to know. <laughs> I do think well. You know, we we need to see more mining going on, and it with Monero, right? Like right now, there it is just out of you know your your volunteer. It's like a it's a, like a, you're just volunteering, right? It's a sacrifice. There's really um you know there's there's no there's not much of a, a benefit other than knowing that you're supporting the Monero network. So I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what needs to be done, but I I feel like we do need to get to a point where more people are just mining Monero, right? There needs to be added incentive. I like this idea of of merge mining with other projects as potentially being the the incentive. What do you what do you guys think of, think of that? Yeah, I think that would be wonderful. I think it would help a lot to have CPU mine projects that uh, I would like to see some of these other projects that are launching with CPU mining to just merge mine with Monero. Like you get the security of the Monero chain by default and like everybody benefits it. It's just it's kind of annoying when people don't do that. Maybe there's technical reasons for it, and and I'm just kind of complaining out oh, loud. mining. Yeah, like why would most you, people if you're going don't have like algo. right now? If people pay for their energy, I don't think really anybody's going to make money unless you live in the parts of the world with the cheapest electricity, and then you're barely making money. So for some people, it actually just continually costs them money. And most people don't have a really efficient CPU like a Ryzen 9 9950X. They're going to have a worse one, so it's going to be less. Mm-hmm. So I think no, for I mean, a lot of people, it's the energy cost. I, I get that. Like, I understand that um, 
you know, energy is really cheap in the U.S., but a lot of other places it's not at all. Um, I just mean like new projects. As new projects launch and they launch with CPU mining algorithms, a lot of them are launching with their own like different tweaked CPU mining. Like why wouldn't they just merge mine with RandomX? You get a tack on to the security of the Monero chain, um, you know, since we have the largest CPU hash power. It's like I, I just find it annoying that people yep. won't they won't launch projects like okay like if you're doing some different mining algorithm okay whatever that's your bad decision but if you're going to do a cpu mining algorithm like why wouldn't you mine with with random x maybe there's a yeah. technical reason which coin was it that started merge mining with monero recently darkfi darkfi so, yeah. darkfi announced they're going to do it tari uh whenever when they when they launch uh they'll do it tari man so we're hyped up about it on twitter we got to have a thing on tari i think soon because i think they did did announce that they're closer than ever. Yeah, uh... I'll bring it up in the news. Okay, yeah. So we'll we'll get we'll get that going on the on the show too. Get the Tari people up here. We haven't had them on here for years. Uh, Privacy Dad asked a question. Can you say something about how mining will work? Yeah, yeah. So I can't say but much in terms of like deep technical detail, but um, you know, first and foremost, it's built to be a dedicated node, right? So the mining, we just added as a fun thing, right? Like if we're, if we're here talking about how, wouldn't it be cool if my refrigerator mined, we thought it'd be silly if your Nodo itself wasn't also mining, but it's really not built to be that, right? It doesn't have these, you know, it doesn't have a Ryzen in there. It, you know, it's, it's not built to be a miner, but it's going to be, uh, plug and play as simple as it is to get your node up and running it'll be th that simple to just turn on the mining function and it'll just hum along in the background uh and it'll be mining via p2 pool um you know and all that all the same stuff as as the node in general uh using tor by by default it will be mining you're not gonna you know you're not gonna make any money off of it but you're gonna know that you're in addition to supporting the network by by providing uh, a node you're also adding some some nice little hash power. It's not going to be blazing any trails. Um, yeah. But yeah, it'll just be, like you said, it'll be a nice turn on, turn off. It'll be easy. Yeah. You don't have to think about it. That's like a mid-range phone ship if I were to guess the performance. Yeah, we, we sell 100,000 nodos, you know, then it might <laughs> might make a dent. So. I pulled up the um, Google Trends for Monero cryptocurrency. Um, you can see, obviously, we've got the big spike from the bull market. That's the past five years. If we look at the past 12 months, uh, we got a little bit of a spike up here, like so right. that's interesting. And you'll notice China seems to be pretty close to the top of the list of people that are searching for Monero on Google. And if we go to the five-year chart, um, yeah, China like really pops out. So looks like about eighty-six people have searched for Monero in China. This, or maybe it's eighty-six percent of the people in China have searched for Monero. I'm not sure which one. I'm sure it's one of them. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> they got price. All right, a little let's bit see. higher. You guys. Uh, do you guys want to continue on some of the price action here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want yeah, to um, pivot or anything from the mining conversation too early in case there's more to be. No, I mean, the, yeah, the only other thing of like, what what do you see as the future of Monero's mine? Like, what's going to take us to the next level, Monero, growing the Monero mining network? Is it just going to be merge mining? Is that what gets us there? Or is there going to be some other impetus, something that's going to, like, wh where is the next big level of of mining coming in transactions per day price adoption like those are the things that will cause more mining to come online just really and as price price goes up yeah i mean you can you can see so if we if we zoom out a little bit to the larger picture here back you can see that um i mean monero's hash rate increased through pretty much the whole bull market um and then 
kind of peaked out. We had a kind of a secondary peak here. Um, but yeah, like another price run will push, should push narrow mining a little bit higher. The, the incentive structures just, um, just change in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to believe that more people would start turning on as, as, um, you know, as price goes up, but yeah, I mean, merge mining as well. Like, especially if you get something like dark um, and a lot of people are really excited about it. Um, hopefully, you know, it can steal some of that attention from some of the other projects out there. Mm-hmm. I just, I haven't done like a whole lot of research investigation into these other privacy smart contracts platforms. I know that the looking into it that I have done or, or the other people in our community that have done it, um, it seems dubious. It seems suspicious, but the dark fight guys, like I really respect the way that they've come about this. Like they've come on the show, they've talked with us, all these other projects. I don't remember them coming to us in the, in the past year saying, Hey, we're going to launch a privacy project. We'd like to work with you guys. We know that Venero is like, is solid. We know that you guys have smart engineers. We, you know, we just, I just haven't seen that interaction happen from them, which makes me suspicious that it's just a, a cash grab. Whereas Darkfy, like they, they talk to us, they come to the events. Um, and then the things that they say are like reasonably good. Like they're, they're like, you can see them really working through these details and they haven't just rushed to market with a project, um, you know, to, to try and capitalize on some, on some bull market. So uh, like just, it, you know, and maybe that's not quite enough, like from my that's that's kind of like a half club level analysis right there, but from my perspective there, like using um, the resources that I have without like really deep diving into their project and the details of it, um, it just seems like there's a good chance that this could actually be like a solid project. So, um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe launching a new con- new coin like DarkFi and Ortari uh, that's merge mined with Monero that maybe that could actually do a lot to help our hash rate bump. Maybe all of the above, right? Price and new projects and merge mining, et cetera. Agrees, agrees. How about Xano? We've we've been talking like Xano's been coming up a bit, right? They've been they've been participating in the Monerotopias, um Cake Wallet just added Xano, right? Right, Tux, or it was added it was added recently, right? Oh Xano? Uh not yet, but we're going to have some support for it uh in the near future is what should be planned. Okay. Ooh, I thought I thought I thought some, something was announced, right? Like it, Xano will be getting added to Cake, correct? Yes. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will add it. It's not in there yeah. yet, but it will be. Xano right. chart is setting up for another move. This is a pennant right here. Yeah, Xano's making yeah. some move. Yeah, we had that big that big pump on Xano um, that I was sad to have missed. So yeah. I keep missing out on all these two other coins because I I have mostly one. They've they participated one. in Monerotopia, and it's it's been up ever ever since. Yeah. Now they, I think they were, I think they were great there. They were like like you know similar to what you're saying about DarkFi. They were. Uh, open to just having conversations about the technology right we had that that really cool really awesome debate uh on proof of work versus proof of stake and uh we had andre from xano representing the pro proof of stake argument and they're 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 doing interesting things they're not just some copycat coin uh they're trying out new tech inventing new things and they're not trying to be monero right they've the uh, Andre has talked about how um, you know he he thinks Monero has achieved a lot uh, in terms of winning the digital cash space. And as people should know, Andre was perhaps one of the er- earliest developers of Monero itself. Right, he created the the first implementation of Monero, um, first crypto note. He, he basically created the first crypto note implementation. And so he's not just He's not just some some guy with a new project, an yeah. old school Monero guy. Uh, but like I said, he's not trying. He's not out there trying to 
replace Monero, he's trying to do something different and recognizes that Monero is winning as as digital cash. So that's that's why I I give that project deference. I don't know what your what your take is on it. I definitely think that um, if we get fast adoption and people start needing um, privacy cash uh, to to a significant degree, and we get a lot of adoption, let's say 100x in adoption, um, Monero's not going to be able to service the entire global need for private digital money. Um, we're going to need another coin. Like, okay, maybe in two decades we could get there, but not in the next five years. <clears throat> Definitely not. Not even the next ten years. So. We'll, we will need allies and partners. Um, where I do believe in shelling points and network effects and stuff like that, those are reasonably good ideas, but they are not like hard and fast biblical truths. Um, so I, I really do enjoy seeing, especially especially since they're exploring proof of stake. Um, and, and especially, you know what I really loved is when I asked them about um, proof of stake versus proof of work and like a fair launch. And um, like he just openly acknowledged like, yeah, yeah, that's, there, there is the possibility that doing some kind of proof of work launch needs to happen um, to to fairly transition into proof of stake. Yeah. Um, and he he was like he already like he'd already thought all of that through. It was like not a surprise um, question for him. Um, so I mean I do like the idea of proof of stake. I don't want to take a position like that it can't work that it's impossible. Like it might be able to have like there might there might be algorithms out there that could produce a real proof of stake network that's egalitarian. Um, and it maybe is launched in some way that, that is fair, that everyone has a reasonable opportunity to get their hands on, on some of the supply. Um, I, I just think it's a great idea to, um, to explore what else is out there. You know, and like you said, this is the guy that, that launched the first implementation of, um, of crypto notes. So you can't just like dismiss the guy and be like, oh, that's a shit going to stake. Like, he, he has, he has Nicholas Van Saberhagen in his Rolodex, right? <laughs> I mean, he he did tell us that Nicholas Van Saberhagen is still around. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that one, and that uh, he's still, you know, he he communicates with him. So it's all, you know, he he was part of the original Crypto Note team. Um, the other thing too is he's they're giving back, right? Because they're they're helping pro- propel new research and development in this space, and they've. They've, uh, for example, worked with Co to create Sarcanium, which is their uh, essentially privacy proof of work system. So they they it, they were they figured out Co essentially figured out how you could do proof of work mining privately. That was a major breakthrough. But my point is they you know they funded that right, so they're contributing in that way too, kind of um, helping to to fund the the Monero devs, whether it's for, you know if it's for their 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 own project, but I, Monero could potentially benefit from these types of things down the line. Yeah. I mean, I think reaching out and making friends where we're able is, is always a good idea. I mean, what, what, are, what are some other projects uh, that, we, that we'd put into that like realm of uh, respect, right? Mm, man, you caught me out here. Um, <laughs> I know uh, at, at the risk of like being a shill, that, um, that BitTensor project that I told you guys about, it's not, it's not private, right? It's not a privacy project, but... They did a fair launch. There was no pre-mine. Um, it's it's kind of like both proof of work and proof of stake. So they're um, they're basically an AI platform, and they have subnets and they have a bunch of um, providers that are they're basically providing um, GPU power for AI stuff for like neural network stuff. And each subnet mm-hmm. um, programs like different fine-tuned training for um, for this AI stuff. So you use the coin to pay for access to these subnets. 
they're still nascent. Um, they've had a crazy run. They're one of the best performing coins of the past 12 months. Um, I, I would even dare to say that they are the best performing coin of the tra- past 12 months. I, I would obviously need to go look at all, you know, 10,000 coins or <laughs> however many there are. There are. Um, but it's had a crazy run up and it's starting to get mentioned now. Um, but like the exchanges don't even want to list it. Like even though it's run so much and even though it's like literally in the top 50 market cap, um, it's still not listed on exchanges hardly at all. There's like one, maybe it's like um, Mex C or one of those random shitcoin exchanges that you shouldn't trust at all. Um, I think it was Mex C that was that was freezing people's funds recently, and and they're actually behaving kind of like Binance, so they might even be related to the same people. Anyways, um, the exchanges don't want to list it because they didn't get it for free, right? So it's the same kind of story. Like apparently they didn't pay them off and they didn't do the pre-mine and um, the exchanges didn't get it for free. So they won't list it even though this coin is now in the top 50. Um, and it's actually like does real work and there's real development happening on it. So um, I kind of have some respect for that project. I originally was just like, I don't care. It's AI coin. I'm, you know, there's, it's they, it's called BitTensor and it's um, TAO is the ticker. Um, I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to buy it because the hype is going to be, you know, whatever. Um, but learning a little bit more about it, it seems like the project is, is fairly legit. Like, um, so I got some respect for that coin, I guess. It's a new up-and-comer. Um, what else might we have respect for? I don't know. Uh-oh. Decap. Or is it just me? Say what? Oh, right here. Goes. Right. Okay, maybe just my connection. Body, some, Sorry, somebody's yeah. somebody's uh, commenting on your on your take on BitTensor regarding it's BitTensor. Already $9 billion? Is it $9 billion? Is it really that high? Let's go check it out. I didn't think it had gotten quite that high yet, but maybe I am wrong. Oh, no, I'm going to go to the evil... Um, um, Coin market cap. Dun, dun, dun. Fuck you, CZ. I could have gone to like CoinGecko or something, I guess. Uh, let's see. Tau. Tensor. Yeah, they put it down at 204, but where is the market cap? Here we go. Uh, no, I think the market cap's only like 2.7. That's what it looks like. Um, are you looking at another chart, something different than I am? Maybe coin market cap is just lying, right? That's that's fine. Let's go to CoinGecko. Although CoinGecko is owned by the same people, so I don't see why it would be any different. Oh, is it? Um, scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, so on the right here, this is the market cap, right? This number. Um, so you'll notice that we hit three billion ish. So yeah, two point nine. Monero is three billion market cap, and BitTensor should be. Oh, here it is. Okay, they are they are now accurately reporting it. For a while, they weren't even putting it at the proper ranking um, on on coin market cap. Although this is CoinGecko. Yeah, so it looks like 2.7 billion right now. Um, so, I mean, it, it could, you know, I mean, it could grow to something more, but maybe most of the big gains are behind it. Maybe not. If there's a big bull market, you could see a lot of this, a lot of these market caps getting inflated. But um, AGRS, helpful for XMR government. I need to look at that. All right, I'm going to write that down, like, right now, AGRS. Just probably just going to FOMO some some cash into AGRS. <laughs> Please, guys. Please do. This is, that, that actually was not financial advice, so. I know nothing about it other than what this dude. I'm running with it. Uh, somebody mentioned it. I'm an Aratovia. Bye, 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 bye. The the thing is, it's like the AI hype is going to be so real if and when like another major hockey stick exponential move happens in these markets. Like that shit's just going to explode. Like you just know it is. And I, I don't want to like I don't want to encourage too much degeneracy. So I feel responsible slightly. I feel guilty now. Why did you get sued by the SEC for uh, giving bad financial advice? Yeah. Yep. Since I'm certified and approved, I'm 100% not certified or approved at all. Like, so just in case those, any autistic people listening, that was a joke. Please do not take that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I do also want to kind of give it to you guys straight in terms of like how shit's going to, like things are likely going to unfold as bull markets unfold. Um, The AI hype is real. Like it's not going away. It's been persistent for two years now and it's only getting stronger. So 
Um, I think that Tau is an honest project. Maybe this other one, AGRS, is also an honest project. I don't know. I, I would have to look into the details. This is the first time hearing of it. Um, so yeah, I just you know just wanted to throw that out there. A little little note there. Oh, uh, you know another another project that I like. You're saying what other what other projects might be um, good? I like Avax. I think Avax is interesting. It's a gossip protocol. It's a directed acyclic graph network. Um, apparently, the fees jumped up. I think we've talked about Avax before. Apparently, the fees jumped up um, when Bitcoin fees jumped up. Um, it, it seems like there's some potential there. Um, the devil's always in the details, but um, you know, the, it's an interesting project. It seems like it might be scalable. Uh, it's not private either, right? It's not default private like Monero is. There's that. Florida is saying many thanks to the Monero community introducing me to Session. Are there any Monero groups in Session that I might be interested in joining? Oh, that's another project to Session, right? Uh, Oxen. They participated in Monerotopia. That's another yeah, that's mentioned Oxen in project team theory. that I respect um, for the work that they're doing and in a, in a way that is respectful of Monero and alongside Monero. Right, um, and they're inventing new things, creating new things. In, in the I know it's a lot more different space. now, but it's uh, based off of crypto, now, right? Oxen. Yeah, yeah, it's and now so, and I think now they're they're creating a session coin, like they're getting rid of Oxen and transitioning it to session. I I'm gonna I want to I'm gonna have them on at some point to get the update on that. I don't know if anybody if you guys follow that at all, but. Session, I mean, is very impressive, right? I, what what they've achieved with Session, the decentralized, uh, encrypted chat app. I mean, I to an extent, it is very like costly to run a node, mm-hmm. an oxen node, uh, to stake because you have to stake a lot of oxen. Mm. But they they they've built a product that people actually use, right? It's not just kind of like vaporware stuff. Like people use Session. I'm I'm, I'm impressed by that. Yeah, another one. I mean, I definitely uh, use it. Another uh, project, Particle, right? We've had them at Monerotopia. Uh, what's impressive with them is the uh, the marketplace they're building, and and then Basic Swap, Basic Swap, right? Basic Swap for doing essentially atomic swaps between different cryptos. Um, that looks like it's gaining gaining a little traction. I, I, have you guys tried it out, Tux? Did, do you ever give it a go? No, I really need to. I've been meaning on it because it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, so maybe we'll have. Uh, We'll have them on the show as well. You can do a demo with that. But those are those are the ones that stick out in my mind. Actually, all, it's all the projects that participated in Aratopia. That's so I'm wondering if there's like any I'm uh, missing that we should be like that should I have my my eye on that are part you know that should be part of the Monero privacy ecosystem that we have here that I'm missing. But I don't know. I think those are the main ones. I I, I would have put Zcash in, in, into that group. I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know. Am I being too hard? What do what do you guys think? I mean, I'd love for them to participate in Monerotopia and come present. And they're certainly contributed uh, an amazing amount of technology to the space, right? Research and development. So yeah. definitely respect there. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I, 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 I would. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely put them in that in that sphere, one hundred percent. I don't know if you guys just not the implementation, just not like the coin itself, like. Yeah, that's what turns me off so much, and it's got me saying no. But it's like you you got to ignore that part and respect what they've what they've done in terms of technology, right? Um, yeah, I mean, getting the um, tremendous amount, eliminating the trusted setup, and then even the implementation of turnstiling the coins. I mean, that's that's really not an ideal situation, but it's the best that you could probably do after eliminating the trusted setup um, with uh, with Halo, or maybe it was Halo Two or something. But yeah, when they implemented that, basically all of the coins that are in Z shielded addresses, um, 
you have they have to turn style like the next transaction has to be a turnstile so that um they can account for <clears throat> to make sure that like no coin was secretly printed right because if the seven people colluded they could have printed coins so they do a turnstile so that if that if that collusion happened you would be able to see that because there would be too many coins passing through the turnstile um so i thought at least like that was honest i, I had to give them some credit there after um being a detractor for a long time it was nice that one of them finally explained that to me because I asked them for like months. I was like, can someone, is there anyone out there that can explain this to me? Like, do you have a mitigation for that? And finally, someone took the time to explain this. Okay, well, that's that's nice. Um, yeah, the technology that they've developed is, is pretty cool. It's being used in a lot of places. Um, I'd be happy to hear them present on their technology, <laughs> you know, at Minerotopia, not not the coin, not the not the usage, the money itself. I don't think it's good money, but we all know that already. Yeah, they made they made a lot of mistakes in that respect. I'm not I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, they they also the yeah the whole corporate structure that they had going on and being in bed with like large investors, right? That I think I think that's maybe what happened to them. They were being they were they were always designing towards being able to integrate with the centralized systems as opposed to designing towards being digital cash. Right. Yeah, maybe that's what got them, right? They were like just genuinely, like they were genuine developers. Most, probably most of the people were genuine in the project. And then, but they had like made these agreements, some kind of like corporate agreements. Exactly. Um, probably they're like some of the Zcash maximalists gasping at that statement. They'd be like, no, there was nothing. You can't prove that. Maybe that's, and maybe we can't prove it, but it does feel like there is a big corporate connection. Like when you're connected when you get the kinds of people shilling your coin that have shilled Zcash, it's like, yeah, but something happened in the back. Right. You got like Barry Silbert out there, right? It's like, like, what have you, like, why is Barry Silbert so yep. pro Zcash and ignoring Monero? It makes no sense. He's this extremely like intelligent guy. He knows crypto, uh, but he 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 rather shill Zcash than talk about its competitor that's like, that has achieved much more in terms of adoption. It, ma it makes no sense. There, there's got to be some incentive for him to do that. Yeah. How did you get listed on Coinbase? A privacy coin get listed on the New York registered Coinbase. Like that's uh, that's an eyebrow raising event as well. Okay, let's um, let's fly through this macro. And uh, so we'll, we'll the cryptocurrency market. Not much has changed other than last week we talked about hey, you know this thing expected to probably keep going. That's Bitcoin. Um, on a broad view here, we've got this kind of like interesting structure on the triangle where it was like. Uh, a rising wedge that closed and then a rising wedge that opened and then we realized that hey this trend line this is like really probably the trend line to be watching probably things will just continue steadily moving to the upside there um slowly slowly i really again um we're i'm looking for cues from the macro which we'll take a look at in a second um i am looking for probably soon to take profit on on some of these positions i've had um uh for a while now so um total crypto market cap it looks similar, right? Kind of in this channel here, just continuing to be in this channel. Nothing really, not too much happened with the crypto market, actually. I mean, yes, it went up a little bit the past week, but no major um, no major changes happen. We continue to see a lot of inbound volume to the ETF, right? So um, ever since the ETF was launched, there's been, um, and especially after Grayscale was selling, trying to rebalance their books to, to get their ETF to be the spot price, right? They've got to sell that Bitcoin so that their, their Bitcoin holdings is the exact amount um, of the price that it is on stock. They had to sell, but then a lot of ETFs, uh, a lot of volume has been moving into the ETFs. Um, and that is uh, assuming I believe the guys that are, that are um, posted that on Twitter. Um, so I, I think I believe them. It seemed like that was a common story that I saw from guys that I, I tend to, I tend to trust mostly ish trust. 
um, when it comes to like just factual stuff, you know, like is volume moving into the ETF or not, right? That's a, that's more of a factual statement than a than a forward looking statement or than an opinion kind of statement. Um, dominance um, dominance is just kind of like chilling at this uh, this sort of dotted line right here, right that previous peak. Um, so I guess I don't know. Maybe this thing will just sort of continue trending sideways. Bitcoin still has a lot of visibility on it. Um, and then uh, yeah, we'll just fly through fly through some macro stuff. Um, we'll look at the reverse repos because to me, this is becoming more and more a big like a big point in my mind um, to be looking at for cues on what's going to happen with the future. So the zero point is down here. Let's just drop a line there. Why does that not work? All right. I don't know why that's not working. Usually that works. I don't want to waste too much time trying to get this to work. Alt H is not working. Okay, whatever. Oh, that's why I have I have all that stuff. Anyways, okay. So uh, the reverse repos are coming down to the downside. We saw uh, another drop this week, right? That's what, that's what this little... Um, tick down. So again, money is coming out of the reverse repos. I think that, and it might not be that I have the full mechanism here exactly on point, but at least the correlation is that these reverse repos, as money comes out of these reverse repos, it does look like that somehow fuels, um, moves into risk assets, stock market, crypto, um, and even bonds. It seems like it's even supporting bonds somehow. Um, so yeah, we're going to be looking at these reverse repos. Once this, once this shit runs dry, um, I really, uh, you know, I, I'm really looking towards the end. I, I'm going to be saying, okay, there could be some big pullback um, to happen if these reverse repos um, go to the like run out. Bonds haven't changed, although they took another, they took a, a dip down here. This now is starting to look like a chart that has um, that has a downtrend, right? Like you might draw some kind of trend like that on the on the bonds um, where where things are kind of moving to the downside here. So if things um, continue along that trend. Um, you know, we're just going to be looking at this again. We're looking for a crash in the bond market, a renormalization of the yield curve. And potentially if that happens simultaneously with the end of reverse repo, that's when it's like batten down the hatches, um, get prepared for a crash or a big move to the downside and get ready to buy. Um, especially if the Fed entered. We had an interesting candle on the Dixie um, on Friday. So this is called an engulfing pattern. Um, so effectively the the market opened lower on Friday than it closed on Thursday, but then it moved to the upside and completely um, this green, the close was higher than um, than the close of the previous day. That's an engulfing pattern. It's a bullish signal in technical analysis. Um, and so you would you would look at this and say, okay, at a minimum, we, we probably do expect that this thing is going to make it to this area, right? Um, potentially even to this like top side, but that would be quite far, and I, I think that would be quite a lot for the Dixie to make, um, considering that stocks still seem kind of bullish. Um, so the Nasdaq basically closed at its all like it's a new all time high for the Nasdaq, or at least in terms of close. Um, you know what? It actually did set, yeah, it just barely set a higher high on the wick on Friday. So yeah, stock markets are bullish. Um, the S and P especially um, set a higher high uh, on Friday as well. So stock markets continue to look positive. Uh, as we talked about, um, for example, the NASDAQ here, we expect at this point, I really do expect rice to kind of just keep uh, trending up here. And then at some point um, to touch this area, it, stock should make it to that area. Um, and you'll notice that like if things kind of can continue trending and maybe do that, um, that would that would kind of sort of ish line up with the ending of the reverse repos. So um, it, it's possible that like we get some big move to the upside. And then maybe let's suppose let's suppose we get a big crash, right? Let's suppose we get a big crash of um of thirty percent. So let's erase this. Okay. Let's suppose that like 
this is a very dubious <laughs> squiggly yellow line, but let's suppose we get a crash of 30%. That would only take us down here into the moving averages. That would only take us, like, we would still be well above the bear market lows. And this is one thing that we do see with markets. We see where they will, um, before a big crash, uh, we saw this in 2019, they pumped the shit out of the markets to the upside, well beyond what they really should have been with, like, what you would expect even from the technical analysis. And then the crash was like 30% um, during the, the March 2020 events. Um, but because it had already pumped so much, the crash actually wasn't really that. So um, if that happens um, here, um, say hello to inflation in about 12 to 24 months if that happens. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what the stock market's looking like there. Um, things are still positive, right? The, the, the tea leaves continue to say up. Um, things look good. So, I mean, overall, like you just want to keep your plays, you, you want to stay in the market. You want to keep your plays, um, in play. Uh, I, I probably am looking to take some profit here on some of the coins, uh, or at least maybe like one or two of them. Um, especially if they continue pumping into some like statistical levels. Uh, and it's never wrong to take profit. Like they say, it's never wrong to take profit. And especially when you're in cryptocurrency and you're like playing in shit coins, like you really, the, the more volatile the asset, the more like crazy the asset that you're playing with, you need to take profit. You need to be more inclined to take profit. If you're in the stock market and you know they like, they always pump the stock market, then okay, stay in the stock market. Maybe you just hodl and never get out. If you're in Monero, if you're in Bitcoin, maybe if you're in Ethereum, like the big headliner stuff, okay, maybe you just hodl that stuff. But when you're playing in like new shit coins and like stuff that does these crazy multiples, typically you want to take profit um, because you're, you know, Otherwise, like it's just too often that it, it pumps crazy and then it pulls back and you're like, well, maybe it'll pump again and you're holding and it never does. And then you do a round trip. Um, so, yeah, they say it's never wrong to take profit. Um, and then uh, I guess we'll just last thing we'll look at is gold. Gold is actually looking nice here. Um, this is the weekly chart. So each candle is a week. Uh, it's still continuing to stay in this upper range. And as long as the stock market continues positive, I would say that um, expect gold to stay in this range. I don't like that gold is not pumping, but I mean, what are you going to do? They're going to pump that new money into the stock market. They're not going to pump it into gold. So at some point, gold will be the recipient of of um, of some of that liquidity, um, but it's not going to be the recipient of it now, at least not directly. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. That's all I got for you guys. Uh, maybe right. it could be nice and show you show you the shit coins really quick. Yeah, maybe I can. Yeah, another one I, I failed to mention was Fira. I'd put them in that in that realm as well as oh, yeah. being part of the Monero ecosystem um, and contributing back to Monero in terms of uh, technology research and development. They might have right, aren't are they? They're looking to implement full membership proofs as well, and they might get there before we do. Really, just because they're they're more nimble, right? There's uh, it's it's easier for them to to evolve uh, compared to Monero. I mean, Monero is is working on it. Um, but I think Furo might be able to uh, implement it first, some version of it. That would be pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah, that would be amazing. Looks like um, Bitcoin. So Link is pumped a good bit. That's the one I'm thinking about selling here soon. And then uh, Bitcoin Cash looks like it's performing quite well. Is that B? No, sorry. Sorry, Bitcoin Cash. Uh, TRX, Tron. Ah. <laughs> the Uber, the Uber shitcoin. Uh, but yeah, Tron has been doing good as well. But remember, we talked about this too. We said, hey, in the next bull market, USDT, <clears throat> they issue a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, they, they issue a lot of USDT on Tron. So it's just naturally going to have price support. Um, it's going to probably follow along with Ethereum. You know, just try not to be too salty that Justin's son is getting rich, Tether, that, and shitcoinery. That's another project or coin, right? Like a, a private stable coin, right? We, we, we saw the attempt with Haven, um, but nobody's really cracked that nut yet. It's another interesting yeah. concept. 
it might be fundamentally not achievable. Like algorithmic stable coins are really hard. If you could get an algorithmic stable coin to the work, then you could probably implement privacy on that. But otherwise, if it's a stable coin, you need something backing it. Um, you know, so either you're going to have to rely on trust, like the, the, the counterparty that's holding that coin. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose you could launch a, you could launch a Monero backed by USDT or backed by dollars or something. You, you'd still have the counterparty risk, but, um, at least you wouldn't be able to see what's going on. That would be interesting. Yeah. Just, just a pure algorithmic stable coin, uh, seems untouchable. That would be brilliant because they wouldn't be able to like see what you did with it or freeze it. Like if you like, let's suppose we know they're not going to do it, but let's suppose Tether said, "Hey, we're going to add privacy to our stablecoin," and then like they won't be able to freeze anyone's funds because they won't know who did what on their network. They won't know which funds came from naughty, bad black hats or um, which ones came from good white hats that hacked bad people um, that should get hacked. Like they would just they just wouldn't be able to see anything, right? So that would be brilliant, but. Then I don't think they would survive very long. I think the U.S. government would basically take them down immediately if they did that. Agreed, agreed. Well, I think that's all I got. All right. Today. I was trying to awesome, shorten the press report today, but man. I know. Every time we went, I completely leaved it for a That was no <laughs> fault of yours. No fault of yours. <laughs> well, we didn't have a uh, special guest either, so yeah, reasonable to. You were our special guest. Stuff. You were our oh, special guest you. today. You body. Heart, heart, heart emojis. All right, man. Great. Let's uh, let's move it on. We'll move it on to the news. Body stick around if you can. All right. We do have some news, so I will pull that up. Uh, I'm going to run the news segment. Let's go. And now for our weekly news segment. All right. Hopefully screen show will work. Share screen. Share a window. You want to do with viewers on stage? Get people up? Um, There's a decent amount of news. I'm going to run through it first because I might take a while. Right, yeah, let's do that. So first, we got, of course, new updates for Cake Wallet, small bug fixes. We'll have some more stuff. We'll have some big features coming out soon, uh, but going update for now. Uh, Monero.Vegas is back. Ooh. So we might be able to try that uh, in a little bit. I'm going to go through the rest of the news yeah. first. This just came back. Uh, I didn't know it just Why did it leave? I didn't I realize it left. Okay. But apparently it's back now. Okay. So if you want to be able to gamble away with your Monero, then uh, you can do so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, MoneroCon tickets are now available. VIP is already sold out, apparently. So, you can still get day ticket, general mission. They have 172 available. And they've got some merchandise uh, available also. But, yeah. Monero oh, wow. They, they sold out a VIP already. Really? Apparently. Oh, I guess there's Check a waiting list to see if they're uh, going to add more. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we have, um, we have a special promo code. If you put in Monerotopia... The first 50 tickets get 15% off. So go ahead and use that, Monerotopia. Oh, yeah. See, if I check out with that, you get 15% off. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah, we should, we'll, we'll, fingers crossed, we'll be there. Sweet. I'm planning to be there, too, uh, as they're looking for more sponsors. And, of course, Cake Wallet is one of the cypherpunk heroes. Awesome. So I, I will be there at MoneroCon. Uh, I think Vic will, too. Uh, but it'll be great. They're looking for, for one more Cyberpunk Hero, which is like a, a big sponsor. They're looking for one more contributor, and there's available six slots for a smaller supporter. So they're looking for more sponsors right now. So that's something you're interested in, then you can totally take that up. And next, we've got uh, Magic Monero Fund uh, funding for VT Nerd, Monero, and Monero Light Vault Server Dev Work for quarter one, quarter two of 2024. Uh, they're looking for a total of 28,800 U.S. 
$1,500 raised. And so far, they've raised $2,000 or 13.2 XMR with 18 donations. So this is the list of all the stuff that he will be doing and contributing to. So if you want to support this, you can go to the MoneroFund.org website. Of course, these will all be in the description in the video afterwards in the news area. So you'll be able to check that out. Yeah, definitely uh, show some love to VT Nerd. I mean, he he's one of these guys that's uh, been been a part of Monero for for a very long time and contributing in a, in a major way. Uh, he's usually focused on kind of network security and network network level privacy related to aspects like Dandelion plus plus and all that stuff and uh, I two P. Things that are pretty important. Very, very important things, but I feel like the, the aspects that maybe people don't, right? We're always talking about uh, ring signatures and confidential, tra- you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking about those aspects of the protocol. Uh, but just as important is the, right, the network level security and privacy. So people, you know, don't even know you're, you're running and using Monero. Um, extremely important, and that's what he's always focused on and always improving. I mean, he's tremendous. tremendous we'll see Lightwalk server get some love. Yes, and he's he's I know that makes you man, happy. the main dev for that. Yes, definitely happy about that. And next, we've got uh, an open merge request for Boog nine hundred to continue work on Cuprate, and Cuprate is a Rust implementation of the Monero node that has had some work done on already by some various people like Boog nine hundred and even Luke Parker and Hinto Janai, the guy who created Goopax. So this is looking to be merged. I'm sorry, wait, what, is Cup, what is this? Uh... Cuprate is a Rust implementation of the Monero. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah, we were talking about that a couple weeks written, ago. Written, okay. like, as it says, written from the ground up in Rust. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Very cool. And Hinto Janai uh, just got his request merged a day ago uh, by Luigi. So he will. he's got an open CCS right now that you can contribute to. For Hinto Janai, who is the guy who created Goopax, the, the mining program, to do full time mm-hmm. on cup rate for three months. So he would work alongside Boog if Boog got more funding also. Oh, amazing. There'd be two, there'd be two main people working on cup rate. What's his name? The uh, guy? Uh, Hinto Jin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Hinto Janai. Janai? I wonder if he's somebody who would uh, be down to do like a Monero talk or something. I think we tried to get him on once before. Did um, we? You'll have to see if you can contact him. Yeah, because I've never, I've never dealt with. Him. I don't think we could find any. Uh, I don't think he had any like contact. Hey, don't deny if if you're listening, reach yeah, out to yeah. us. You can, Doug you know, you don't keep keep your camera off. You can use a voice disguiser or whatever if you want. Yeah, but you can contribute to that right now. It's in the funding required stage, and hopefully, Boog will get his here soon. Uh, yeah, so awesome. Cuprate will be really cool. Yeah, and lovely what he did with Goopax. Yeah, Goopax is really awesome. Uh, so we got this tweet from Cryptidator37. Bitcoin worth more than $2 billion confiscated in Germany. They belong to the operators of the formerly leading movie streaming website, Movie2k.to. Amazing. Crazy. I know that Germany is even more serious about the copyright thing than the U.S. is in a lot of ways. They said to have distributed more than 880,000 pirated copies of films, oh no, via the portal from 2008 to 2013 and operated an illegal streaming service unbelievable they are said to have purchased bitcoin with the proceeds talking Background. about the right, right place at the right time right they were yeah yeah amazing amazing windfall but the suspects is in an investigation had voluntarily transferred the virtual currency to the federal criminal police office no charges have been brought up against the men interesting 
No charges. So wait, wait, what exactly happened? So they, these guys made a shit ton of crypto, sell it, right? Ill- illegally uh, selling copyrighted stuff, right? For Bitcoin back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, all their Bitcoin got seized, but they haven't been charged with anything? I guess the seizure was what they got. All their Bitcoin seized. That's, that's what they get. But they haven't oh. been charged, which is also weird. Charges not, so they they just stole other Bitcoin, their and they haven't down. been charged for anything. That's pretty crazy. Well, if they use Monero, yeah, was this a potential uh, shum moment? Is this a potential should have used Monero? Yes, but it, it twenty two thousand eight to twenty thirteen. I'll be this before Monero was a thing. So maybe they are. Fortunately, using uh, yeah, maybe now, now, now that could fly. But to be fair, we can't really throw that at them, given the fact that it was. 2008 when they started doing this thing which is when even bitcoin was brand new because bitcoin came out in like 2007 2008 right yep 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 bitcoin yeah 2009 um interesting all right moving on so there is this cool amazon service which is a little bit similar to anon.shop but it works differently called monizon and they've been uh going hard on twitter Uh, they have a way that you can buy things on amazon with monero which the way this one works is that you will make an Amazon wish list. This is the thing you can do on Amazon. I actually didn't know this. You can create a wish list that you can make public that other people can order all the items for you, but they don't see your address. It just gets delivered straight to you of the address that you put privately mm. on the wish list. And so that's how this works. You put in your item. So if I actually go to monazon. I want to make sure it's the correct website. Yeah, it is monazon.com. Monazon. So you order now. And you put in your wish list URL and the value of that item, and then you add it, and then you pay, I think, a small fee. And then you could also become an ex. So how is that work? So uh, on Amazon, I make a wish list. I, I'm then I'm then forwarding that wish list to Monazon, and then somebody is going to pay that bill for me. How are they effectively making the payment? How is it getting paid to Amazon to the wish list? Because they're buying it with fiat. On the Amazon side, you pay you pay Monazon, right, right, right. You pay Monazon in Monero, and then they're logging. But okay, so but on they don't Amazon, log with your account. They they have their no, own no. Amazon account, right? And they're capable. Uh, oh, and they just they just go and order everything from your wish list. So that but they can only see the wish list. They can't see your address. That's correct. This is a feature I didn't know. You, like Amazon has, yeah, they create a public wish that's, list okay. with a specific now, address in it. Then when people mm-hmm. order stuff, it just goes to that address on that wish list. It's like you're ordering a gift for somebody, right, right, but right. you don't get their address. So does does Anon Shop do it differently? How do, how are they doing? Yeah, so Anon Shop, uh, they do it. They do. Oh, what? I thought it was Anon dot shop. Um, oh, Degan, Degan, Degan's been taken out. <laughs> Competition. Anon Shop. Nope, that's not it. Fuck. Anon Shop dot app. There it is. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get uh, Degan Shop dot app. Yeah, yeah he hasn't been on in a long time, and you know, mad respect. He started this. Uh, I don't know. This is a while ago now. Two years, maybe a year. Um, he's been hacking away at this the old website. Um, historically, how uh, Anon Shop has worked, it uses the Amazon lockers, right? So right. they will order something to an Amazon locker that's near you, so you don't have to give them your address. No, but they also had the they had a delivery We're... service also. A separate delivery service, like a forwarding service where they will order something on your behalf and then right. ship it to you after they get it. Right, right. But they knew your address. They, yeah. they, they weren't You have to give your address. address so they can ship it to you or a P.O. box, right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the main difference there. Um, I think they're both cool. They're just the ways they work is different. I think the fees for Anon Shop is a little bit higher than Monazon. I think Monazon's cheaper. 
Uh, but obviously, Amazon only works with Amazon because it has to use that wishlist thing. So, yeah, we but can get, cool we can we get people doing that on, on XMR Bazaar too, right? Because it would just be a people could just post their a link to their wishlist and say buy me stuff. Like that could be a right a, a, an XMR Bazaar post potentially. Potentially, I could I could, I could just go on Amazon make a make a wish list and then I could go on XMR Bazaar and be like looking to whatever for somebody to buy my wish list and just just post it right yeah i guess this is just a website yep well cool yeah so those are those are two options cool. we got we had another one now it's always great to have have competition in that space uh we already look at that that was Monazon. same stuff okay feather wallet now includes magic monero fund crowdfunding proposals directly on the home screen and you can donate without leaving the app Wow, that's pretty cool. So Feather Wallet now within itself has shows. See, look, there's the VT Nerd Monero and Monero Light Wallet Server Dev Work. So there he is. And you use Feather Wallet. All you have to do is just open it and click on the crowdfunding tab, and right from there you can just give to that fund that proposal. Pretty great feature. Nice job, Feather Wallet. That's awesome. That's awesome. It would be cool if we had the general uh, Monero fund proposals in there too. That would that'd be cool. Um, Wait, so which ones are in there? It's just... I guess it's just Magic Monero Funds. Oh, it's just the Magic Monero Funds. Okay. Yep. Okay. Crypto mines will have to start reporting their energy use in the U.S. The U.S. Department of Energy will begin collecting data on crypto mines, electricity use, following criticism from environmental advocates over how energy-hungry these operators are. We will specifically focus on how the energy demand for cryptocurrency mining is evolving, identify geographic areas of high growth, and quantify the sources of electricity used to meet cryptocurrency mining demand. The administrator of the EIA said in a press release today. So, more more hampering on the mining stuff, which this is probably mostly for Bitcoin mining, yeah, US Bitcoin mining, because Bitcoin mining does cost a lot of energy because of the ASICs you have to use. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. And Bitcoin mining... This is, this is not, insane. It is insane. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this forever on this show, right? Um this this is what we were, we're going to see happen in Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin mining has become really decentral, very centralized, and so you've got these giant farms that mine Bitcoin because that's the only way. Like, average person can't afford to mine Bitcoin. So, and it's it's an attack surface. It's allowing the state to essentially co-op the mining network. So here's here's the first first iteration of it. It's the state moving in, saying, "All right, we're compiling a list of everybody that's a Bitcoin miner." All of you have to now be on this list. We know who you are. Uh, and actually, you have to report to us your energy usage. Uh, you know, next thing, it's OFAC-compliant transactions or, you know, whatever whatever it is they want to implement, right? But we're, just the fact that the state can contact a large, significant, overwhelming portion of the Bitcoin mining network and ask them to do things is the problem. And here they are doing it overnight. I mean, the two largest centralized mining pools for Bitcoin are already KYC'd. So it's just furthering like, that that issue of having to, you want to mine? Well, you can't, you're not allowed to just mine. Uh, but to be fair, this is like a big Bitcoin issue with, with mining farms and how the protocol doesn't have anything against ASICs. So yeah, that's that's kind of a mess. Um, yeah, and, 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 and it's a boon for, right? It's for Monero, right? It's been talking about random X. This is why, guys. Random this X. is why. You'll never see a headline that, you know, the U.S. government is uh, asking all Monero. I mean, they, they might ask, but this is like, there's nobody to send the letter to, right? There are, there are <laughs> large Monero my, corporate Contact Monero mining farms. Yeah. He's the assumed 
owner of Monero for some people, some public officials. They don't know if you're just using your computer for gaming or they don't know they don't know what you're doing. And of course, with Monero, there is like a much, 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 much smaller amount of hash rate currently happening compared to Bitcoin. So there is always that concern of, oh, if the government wanted to suddenly control large part of the hash rate, they could. But at the same time, Monero mining by default right now, as it stands, I, I believe is more decentralized than Bitcoin. And everyone just has to start up, you know, their spare computers and start mining. Monero. And if tens of hundreds of thousands of people do that, that considerably decentralizes the network versus Bitcoin. You've got to buy its $10,000 ASIC to make a mm-hmm. difference. So it is what it is. But this is actually a very interesting development. So I think we talked about this uh, last week. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the tweet. In the last two days, all crypto news outlets have echoed information claiming that Finnish authorities have been able to trace Monero transactions in a ransomware case and arrest the person responsible. Knowing Monero's technology thoroughly, I was very surprised because today we know that it is impossible to trace these transactions. Okay, Monero isn't technically untraceable. It's highly plausibly deniable, but that's a different argument. And I found this article that explains that, indeed, the news is false. The hacker was arrested because when he uploaded the compressed file with all of the hacking data to the dark web, he mistakenly included the entire home directory of his computer. And the investigators found information to identify him. Sorry to the Monero footers, but the network is still secure. So this is pretty crazy. So this guy who is like a very young hacker, 17 years old, a 25-year-old, now he's 25, a 25-year-old Finnish man has been charged in extorting a once popular and now bankrupt online psychotherapy company and its patients. Finnish authorities rarely name suspects in an investigation, but they're willing to make an exception for Julius Zekil Kibimaki, probably pronounced that very incorrectly, a notorious hacker who, at the tender age of 17, had been convicted of more than 50,000 cybercrimes, including data breaches, payment fraud, operating botnets, and calling in bomb threats. Somebody needs to give this man something to do. Uh, <laughs> in late October 2022, Kimamaki was charged and arrested in absentia, according to the Finns, with attempting to extort money from Vasatamo Psychotherapy Center. On October 21st, 2020, Vasatamo became the target of blackmail when a tormentor identified as Ransom Man demanded a payment of 40 bitcoins in return for a promise not to publish highly sensitive therapy session notes Bastamo had exposed online. So this goes on, uh, but eventually, um, down here, you can see on October 23rd, 2022, Ransom Man uploaded to the dark web a large compressed file that included all of the stolen Vastamo patient records. But investigators found the file also contained an entire copy of Ransom Man's home folder. A likely mistake that exposed a number of clues that they say point to Kim. Kim. Ransom Man completely deleted the large file, completed by by loops notation, but not before it had been downloaded a number of times. The entire archive has since been made into a searchable website on the dark web. Among those who grabbed the copy of the database was Antikoritu, a team lead at Nixu Corporation and a former criminal investigator. In 2013, Kuritu worked on an investigation involving Kivamaki's use of the Zbot botnet. Among other activities, Kivamaki engaged in as a member of hacking group Hack the Planet. So this ultimately, what, has nothing to do with Monero in that case? If this is, is this that same case that was talked about last week of Finnish authorities mm-hmm. tracking Bitcoin with like EAE attack, right? So basically this has nothing to do with it. If, I mean, Krebs on security is very, very, uh, very highly respected security block. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, and maybe maybe it was some kind of... Fun. Now, the EAE attack is a real attack that could be done. Um, are there any examples you know, off the top of your head of an EAE attack that's been proven to happen in the wild before? 
no, we've only kind of heard suggestions of it, right? There was that that um, slide going around from some presentation that was done in like Italy by some uh, where they suggested that they 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 use this method. Uh, but I don't think we know of any actual incidents where it was used. As That's far interesting. As I know. It's right? very possible, as like we know of the news, they just take something and they run with it. Somebody may have said, you know, hey, Monero now is looks like a Monero's, you know, not as traceable. This guy got caught and he was using Monero. Well, okay, he's using Monero, but that's, of course, with every other case we've seen, that's not why he was caught. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I think that's mostly it. So that was not a should have used Monero uh, example. That was a shouldn't have accidentally <laughs> send your, your personal files with your uh, ransom request. Imagine what he was feeling at that moment, because it looks like he he realized he did it, because then he deleted it. He was like, "Oh fuck! Oh no, it's over." He's it's like, over. "I'm done. I'm done." <laughs> uh, be careful out there, guys. If you, this you is know. what happens when young geniuses don't have anything better to do. Yeah. To uh, promote Monero development for young geniuses, so they can occupy yeah. their minds to do something good instead of having yeah, man. psychotherapy centers and blackmailing them, extorting them. <laughs> 17 Very years point. old. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy could have been, you know, working on Monero. He been working with Luke Parker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on this crazy cryptography stuff, implementing Sarai. Hey, man, it takes all types. The world's a beautiful place. All right, well, I think that's pretty much it for the news. All right, that wasn't too bad. No, that was pretty good. Uh, I'm going to run the guest segment because Cake Wallet's sponsor. And yes, then we can get into the viewers on stage. Yeah. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by... Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android, too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own key. Okay. We'll have plenty of special guests today. Everybody will be a special guest today that joins us on Viewers on Stage. All right, everyone. If you want to come on, I'm going to put the StreamYard link in the comments on the YouTube Yes, please do, please do. Let's run, run the viewers on stage, too. Might as well. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's get it. It's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you, the viewers, up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask the guest a question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. Come on down. You know the drill if you want to come up. We've got Shortwave Surfer and Alaska Non, very consistent viewers on stage people. How's it going, guys? What's up, buddies? Like the plague, uh, man. We're never going away. <laughs> I love it. I love that you guys are, are I, here every week. I don't know how I feel about being compared to a contagious disease. <laughs> oh, we know it's not the first time, bro. Come on. Own it. <laughs> and uh, anybody who's kind of like listening for the first time or whatever and doesn't understand what the hell we're doing here, there's there's a link, a StreamYard link. Anybody can join at this point. We we put it in the comments. So we're probably going to max out again like last week. We maxed out. I think it's a 12 people that can oh, right. at once and that quickly. Like and share the video. So we so. may have to start taking turns if there's too many people. But for now, uh, we're good. I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, that young entrepreneur uh, was going after the money of the uh, the psychotherapy center. Um because it, I, the, it's actually like a lot of people. It's, it's a pretty big deal to them. They're like super anti psychotherapy because it's junk science, basically. Um, I mean, if you want to go on like a purely empirical definition mm. of what science is, psychotherapy and psychiatry are like completely not science at all. You know, it's um, if anything, it would be like 
relegated to the philosophical and spiritual realm. But um, it's really interesting to me how a, a certain group of like high IQ technical people, they seem to be almost unanimously like adamantly opposed to psychotherapy, at least in its current iteration. And they're even like going after their funding and stuff as like a, um, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, I totally overlooked that aspect. That's our, our friend that I had on. What's what's his name? Uh, Michael. Michael. Yeah, he's well, he's just he he speaks about that very eloquently. Michael Ten, right? Hmm. Interesting. And so, you know, go ahead, go ahead, Ramsey. We didn't talk about Zuckerberg having to apologize uh, about the activity of other people on his platform um, in front of Congress, and it seems like they're trying to go after Section Two Thirty, which is a really valuable part of how Francing, make sure you're muted if you're not talking so you don't get echo please thank you yeah anybody who's up here please stay on mute unless you're talking go ahead oh yeah we didn't talk about zuckerberg having to apologize in front of congress because of he his platform other people did bad things on his platform and now he had to go stand in front of people in front of congress and apologize and it seems like they're using it as an excuse to go after online behavior um, and, uh, you know, have more control over what happens online because they, if they're trying to go after Section 230, which protects a lot of activity online, then the government is basically the curator of all content online. And they legally will have full control of everything that we say in public discourse. Good. I'm glad I just signed up for Noster then. Is there a, do you know if there's a video of him like apologizing? I want to see this. Yeah, absolutely. He like the it's this guy, Senator Josh Hawley. He's like. It's like, there's people here today, and uh, have you apologized to them? And he's like, no, no. And he's like, you should stand around and apologize to, uh, to those people behind you. And they're all, like, standing behind, like, holding signs of, like, their kids. Like, I don't know even know what happened to these people, but he, 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 like, like, it was all, like, he's flustered. And, yeah, it's it's an interesting video. So, I, you know, what I think is interesting about this is, uh, with the, this show, like the guest segment, especially a lot of the stuff that Body does, has been building an incredibly strong case for the idea that these people are scrambling and throwing everything they've got at trying to suppress the growth of the alternative spaces. Um, <clears throat> and a, a, a really strong piece of that evidence. Dude, everybody and their dog in like the banking and military industrial complex threw all of their weight behind Nikki Haley and it just totally flopped, right? And one of her core platforms was that everybody should be registered online. And then the EU is doing the same thing, <clears throat> excuse me, where they were trying and trying to try to force people to have like an online, you know, biometric data login system of some kind. And the the overwhelming vitriol that they're getting at every level to this idea. Um, but then also on social media, it's just like back in 2006 to 2009, when all of the different like, I guess, plebeian poor people classes were starting to unite against the banker occupation of our of our systems. Like, as they were uniting more and more, it, it seems like there's kind of a repeat of that. There's tons of people who are starting to investigate, like, well, who owns all of these companies and all the shares in their companies? And, uh, and, 
And I think that we're starting to get to the bottom of why these people are freaking out so bad and why they're moving so hard and so fast, um, even though they don't have the weaponry to try to shut everything down. All right, let's uh, let's watch this video real quick, and then I'm going to bring... Uh, Re- well, he was in the backstage. I know where he went. Rodriguez man wanted to come up to talk about Monericon. Um, I don't know where he went. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we could, we, he could we could have him up. Yeah, Rico man, if you're watching, you're come back up. Our special uh, guest. Oh, there he is. All right, we're gonna watch this video and then before Rico man up. Thirty-seven percent of teenage girls between thirteen and fifteen were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire, Senator? This is why we're building all. Who did you fire, schools. Senator? That's I don't think that that's who did you fire. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to answer that. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, I can tell you so anything you all time truth. I don't know exactly what goes through, but think because family says suffering. And this is why you invest so much. They're going to continue doing industry-leading efforts to uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the, type, the things that your family said had to suffer. All right. Interesting. Wow. That's a crazy moment. Interesting. I'm waiting for that based, like, Andrew Torbo-type guy to turn around and be like, you people are shitty parents, and you should do a better job monitoring what your kids are doing. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Imagine if Zuckerberg <laughs> just did that in that moment. If you were just like... Listen, motherfuckers. Oh, uh, well, yeah, no, no, he, he bowed. He bent. He bent your, the knee. If your kids were exposed to a 2008 Call of Duty lobby, this wouldn't have happened. That's this, something you said about Instagram and like you know, like the social media. They're they're designed to try and like manipulate people in certain ways, but at the same time, like what's really bizarre is like tiktok is about 10 million times worse as far as like exposure to nudity and shit for children oh really but they had they had their 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 human like puppet creature android robot thing come up in front of congress to go bend the knee and well i'm gonna get really vulgar if i talk about how much ever like i'll just leave it all right well sorry to why i'll let you go ahead now you go you go ahead for like three seconds and I'm gonna bring Reek and Man up. Oh, I was just gonna say this is why we need algorithms that are chronological in order and not like crazy algorithms. I agree. Um, all right. So Reek and Man, Hello. Are you here? Hello Reek and Man, how's it going? It's going uh pretty well. Thanks so for jumping on, on, man. Um so far we've been uh working on the invoices and everything, getting sponsors and uh we're selling tickets now. Awesome. Yeah, let's see if we get, uh, we, we mentioned it before. Tux, you want to bring it up, bring up the site? Yeah, let me pull that up. Yeah, I was mentioning before, we have a promo code, Monerotopia. People get 15% up. So you guys already sold out of the VIPs? Oh, no. So actually, um, I think we just haven't put them up yet. Oh, okay. They're okay. sold out. Yeah, we'll make them available soon. That, that, was a, that was a good little marketing trick. I like that. I think you, you created a little, pa- a little panic out there. People uh, panic bought their, their tickets thinking yeah they're, they're already getting sold out um how many do you know approximately how many vips there'll be um vips not sure but most likely we're looking to see around 200 to 300 attendees this beautiful here's a waiting list is that a pre-order or is it just a notification when they are available it's just a notification i see notify you cool yeah nice um, so if you really want that vip guys get on that waiting list and the date is what it's june 7th 7th to 9th 
and it's going to be alongside like uh like a crypto week right in prague uh i believe so i don't have too much on that um i know that there is original some other yeah happening. okay uh which is which is very cool um yeah so we sh- should get a lot of a lot of attention a lot of action do you know do they still have the big monero sticker in the window at uh parnelli polis i think they do still have the big monero sticker um that's awesome i don't have an updated image but it was said a while ago that the sticker is still there awesome. very nice for those of you We're who are on the fence it. about going i'm going to tell you right now that even just going to prague for a vacation is money well spent it's an amazing place to go so i hope if you're on the fence go it's awesome yeah it's beautiful yeah. and this is That's- the same venue it was at last year right yes yes this is the same awesome. venue which which is a big deal. I mean, this isn't just some uh, some venue with a with a cool sounding sounding name. Parnelli Polis is uh, an institution. Um, it was the the location of the first Bitcoin cafe in the world uh, that actually like publicized it. Uh, yep. I think they, it was like in like 2011, and uh, it's basically head, headquarters to and now it's the Monero uh, cafe. The crypto, what's that? Now it's the Monero cafe. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, headquarters for the crypto anarchy movement, right? Which is, I guess... So what uh, is it normally? Is it just like a, a venue place that people can rent out all the time kind of thing? Uh, you could rent, you could rent it out, but they, they just... So they have they have the cafe downstairs, and then they, they're, run, they're constantly like, run, like running meetups there and different different conferences, right? I don't know if you if you want to give more details on that. Recommend? Um I I don't know too much about what the other conferences that happen um, here, but they I'm pretty sure they do they do run a lot of meetups and and conferences there. But what the the point of using the the same venue is that we're trying to establish a, a presence in in the area so we can get more local to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had the founders of Parnelli Polis on the show a few times, uh, Uri, Bednar, um, and others that have come on the show. So. Mad respect to them, and it, it's just it's just a beautiful thing to see that they have you know they've always been Monero guys, I'm sure, but now they're they're more publicly ex- accepting of it and helping to push the movement forward, right? So they're they're not they're not Bitcoin maxis, these guys. They're they're Bitcoin OGs. We're right there from the beginning, but they're for the right reasons. They're 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 the crypto anarchy side of the movement. They're interested in crypto for its digital cash purposes, and that's why they've. Uh, been more accommodating to Monero, uh, seeing that it, you know that it's it's growing in its role as digital cash, and it's it's just a it's just a big positive sign to see that they are uh, supporting Monero in this way and allowing the conference to take place there year after year. Yeah, I have this huge ass sticker, Monero sticker in the window. I mean, the guys who started this thing were all Bitcoiners. They were all right. old school Bitcoiners, and here they are saying. Uh, we we support Monero as this tool for digital cash. Yeah, it's quite a change. It's quite yeah. a good change. Definitely, oh, you guys definitely. got a pop signal public group. Cool. Yeah, man. Anything else you could tell us about the MoneroCon to get us excited? Um, well, I, we are looking for uh, papers, proposals. and uh, Oh, okay. You could apply for a travel scholarship, meaning um, we will fund your um, travel to... Prague, so then you can come and speak or do your workshop or any anything else so wow that's pretty big yeah so if you um if you want to have to speak and you have something great 
and you also, but you can't, don't want to spend too much money, you can apply for a travel scholarship. Beautiful. We may, we may have to copy some of what you're doing here for Monerotopia. I like your the way you guys have laid everything out here. Very nice. Yeah. Okay, that's great. This is your sponsors, Karaoke and Pizza Night. Beer fun. <laughs> nice. To be sponsors. And the chess tournament. Yeah, they had, they had chess going on last year. Very cool. So w- since he just brought it up, and I know I brought it up like, what, two months ago, and I did like literally nothing to continue to pursue it, and that's <laughs> my bad. But um, I did like sort of start the process of creating funds for uh especially like maybe younger or people who are from like you know economically lower performance areas of the world trying to put together a travel fund for them to make it to you know especially like the much more advanced technical conferences that basically a way where um people with some means can chip in you know like maybe ten dollars a month or just like where a small amount of money is spread across a lot of people who might be better off can make it possible for very promising and i had developers in mind right but i don't know like hardware enthusiasts or uh, people who show a lot of promise in their ability to push the tech forward in these spaces to be able to gather with the the existing leaders of this these spaces uh-huh. and i noticed that uh that MoneroCon, there's more not just this gentleman but there's a bunch of people involved with MoneroCon that are kind of thinking about ways to facilitate the same idea um and if you look at like the industrial and technical revolutions of the past usually what happens is um there's sort of like a philosophical enlightenment followed by some technical enlightenments, followed by the creations of institutions that that uh, basically pull the best elements out of the brightest people. Um, so if you look at like the way that Harvard was founded and what it was like for its first, you know, couple hundred years or whatever, obviously not what it is now, um, or MIT or all of these other places where they started by trying to gather together extremely bright and promising people but the that you know that's where the whole idea of grants and and you know college funds and all of that it was trying to get those kinds of people into the spaces that they might not be able to afford to otherwise and i think that the tech and the the bedrock of our community is at such a level now where um people who have that kind of talent um, we should probably be finding a way to get those people with talent that don't have the means to get them together with other leaders of the tech in our community and fund them to do so. So I I appreciate that MoneroCon is thinking about that and doing something about it. Um, I'll see if I can find the time to also help with that. Um, but I, I think that what you guys are doing is something that we should all be thinking about because there's lots and lots of people in the third world that are interested in this kind of stuff that we could get them jump started um, and together with the leaders in the space and we could push this way farther than we have right now. Yes, wow, you could. Sp- you too could sponsor a child. 
for just 60 euro <laughs> per month. That's what I'm talking about. He just said everything I said in what, like a 10 minutes? We're uh, obviously at, at Monerotopia, it's basically a nominal charge for those that want to come that are, you know, we say a local ticket and say locals. So anybody that's because we want to make it as inclusive as possible. But yeah, I love the idea of trying to trying to bring in young, the young young folks who perhaps can't afford to get there trying to figure that out yeah i think that's a great initiative maybe with monerotopia we could even just do it for like the south american region and uh try to figure out how to help people get there but go ahead reach out man yeah i was wondering if do you have any any website up or anything up i mean that sounds like it's quite a great idea Honestly, the only thing I've done, I'm not trying to like, you know, pat myself on the back. I, I'm very much a doer and I'm terrible about like social media engagement and stuff. The only thing I've done is I've just been like buying expensive stuff and mailing it to people. <laughs> like, wow. uh, okay. and, and I just, I just basically like sponsor younger people who obviously have talent by just like buying them a bunch of crap and then mailing it to them. But that said, uh, I really need to get. Uh, if if you want to reach out to me afterwards and we can talk about it or whatever, I I would love to. Um, but it's it's I'm just I'm not a social media guy, right? I actually hate sitting in front of a computer and like I I like to build stuff, right? So, um, but I guess there, there's place in this t for people like that as well, right? Like it's. Um, and I do have a lot of buddies that love to build websites and run domains and all of that, that I'm sure would love to help as well. Uh, but we should, we should talk about, cause I've been, I've been, I guess, bloviating about this on Monero talk for months now, but literally the only thing I've done is just like buy a laptop for this guy or buy a processor for that guy or pay for a domain registration or what, you know, I, I need to get organized about this for sure. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I mean, if you'd like, I feel that if you publicize it a little bit more, just have, maybe have a very simple website with a contact to you. I mean, you could reach mm -hmm. more people. And definitely at Monerotopia or Monerocon, I feel uh, being able to sponsor people that are unable to afford it would really, really help more people come. Yeah. It, I don't know if you're on like the, the element. Doug totally called me out about like not being active on it. And he's totally right. There's a Monero like development element um that you should jump on and because there's other people on there that would probably just be interested too i would i would love to flesh this out with you i'll actually pull it up and send it in the in the private chat real quick okay sure all right reach out man any anything else you want to bring up with regards um, to Venericon, and then we'll move on we'll let other people uh say stuff on stage well just to wrap up we if you'd like to come and volunteer and help us that would be great um and you know, workshops and speakers, anything that you'd like to come and present at MoneroCon that's related to Monero or privacy, please come uh, send it to us. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Well, very cool. I don't know Thank if it's a me issue, but I can't seem to load the... Uh... So we, we ended up having a special guest after all. I Thank you, Rico. Maybe your browser... Oh, looks like your browser disables service workers. I think that may be the issue. I threw, I threw my matrix thing in there real quick for you, brother. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you, man. Feel free to stick around if you like. Um, anybody else that's, that's up on stage that want to uh, throw out any comments? Hello, hello. What's up, man? Um, how is everything? Oh, so, so here. Um, yeah, uh, 
when I when I do my rants, it's not individual based, and I try to keep it only on the tech side. But I, I like I don't hold back much, so um, I wanted to say mad respect for the devs again, and supporting the devs, I would have a, a humorous um, joke about it, which is, what about the idea? Like all these people, Doug, that uh, emailed you and wanted to work on the Monero protocol, right? Um, they they emailed you, right? People that want to work on the Monero protocol? What? Uh, you said a couple of shows ago that um, you got emails uh, from people that wanted to work on the Monero protocol. You said, don't don't send emails to me. I don't decide who works on the Monero. No, no. I think I was making a... That was in regards to a tweet. Nopara, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I got attacked for having Nopara on. Okay, okay. Samurai. So, yeah, so my, my, my joke was... That's the whole drama thing. Yeah, where, like, yeah my joke, like, my joke, so... People <laughs> to work on the code and it's like... <laughs> so, so I said, I said send is, your resumes. Yeah, yeah my, my, my joke is, what about the idea of decoy devs? So... Because, how many, okay. Then, then the thing would be how many devs are on Monero? There would be like uh, ten thousand, and I don't know. Uh, the the re the real ones would still make the commits, but you would have on Monero Topia or on Conferenco, uh, Jane Doe's and John Doe's presenting, and the presenting the slides of the other ones and uh, taking all the heat for that. I Which of these sixteen the... devs is real? I was just about to say it's like ring CT for devs. <laughs> yeah. Or the other thing is you could use like chat GPT and shit to just submit random code. But then like within the in group, there's like groups of people who know which ones are artificial and just like scramble all of the all of the commits and stuff. <laughs> Interesting concept. Speaking of dev work, if there's anybody who wants to take it on, there's a 1.6 Monero bounty for adding IPv6 to Monerujo, the wallet. Still waiting on that one. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of funding. As I said, it's one point six Monero, so somebody somebody might pick it up. It's a pretty decent sized bounty. Uh, but shortwave. The thing I think is that if you have a client on your uh, smartphone, you're behind NAT on the router. The router does not, by default, forward IPv6 to your device, so that is a, a blocking. I've used IPv6. Um, I've used IPv6 nodes before to, from behind my firewall. I'm not sure about, uh, but I'm just saying I tried it once. It didn't work. Yeah, I, I use it all the time. Uh, there we have. Um... Time that I was like super enthusiastic about, you know, things like penguin routers and stuff like that. And it breaks my heart that that's not like the industry standard where there's all of this like open source hardware with everybody just uses it. And that's where all of the money is for development. I see Cypher Bliss is up here. I don't think we've ever had Cypher Bliss up. Yo, Bliss, what's going on? You hear me? We got you. Cool. Um, I've been listening to this whole thing for since 2019. First oh, time. wow. Um, don't have any social media, so I'm I'm kind of nervous just being here. <laughs> uh, no worries. But um, yeah, I've been been listening to these um uh, interactions for the last week. More and more people have gotten on, so I thought, oh, this streamyard thing, maybe I can go through that. Welcome so to the family. <laughs> yeah. What 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 can we do you for, man? What's what's going on? Well, uh, first I would uh, I have stuff written down, and that could take a long time to go through. So maybe some something today and something later. But uh, first I would go on um, 
what slave blockers said i think last last week he uh he talked about whitney webb and i would like to like just back that getting her on the podcast i saw her with natalie burnell i think she's uh what i would call a bitcoin babe mm-hmm. does like youtube bitcoin um and uh, she had uh, whitney on and all of the the bitcoiners seem to really like her because she's very critical she's like anti-west and globalist and all that mm-hmm. uh so, so they're they're like posting pictures of uh, of whitney next to bitcoin but then when natalie gets into like so where do you see bitcoin going and like do you like it she gives this speech which i just think sums up all the the issues with uh, with bitcoin so for for tux or for tony maybe next next week i highly uh, suggest you add that to the new segment um i tried to find the clip but she removed it from from her youtube channel it's uh, still on the the full podcast and she basically talks about you know oh my god it's going to a million dollars but are you into freedom or are you into no numbers go up so there's a segment there, I think around 32 minutes or something, which could be um, could be looked at for. Send me the link to that real week. quick, and I can pull it up if you want right now. Yeah, uh, just bring it up. Yeah, it's probably going to take some time to to like find the exact. But but if you if you search, uh, has Bitcoin been co-opted on Invidious or whatever, you can find it there. And I think it starts around 32 minutes, and it's this segment basically of her saying what i guess we all understand but bitcoiners don't want to hear and sounds, that sounds like she listens to uh monero talk in monero yeah, has, has bitcoin been co-opted right yeah what's hilarious yeah. is i just looked this up on youtube and the first result is monero talk with crypto bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's uh natalie brunell's i think her name is channel so it's it's on there it was posted like if you if you just search natalie brunell bitcoin well, the thing of getting uh, with the web on, uh, yeah, where, where credit is due and respect should be paid, she's a professional investigative journalist. So I guess a fund would be um, well well spent to um, gather capital to pay her for an interview. I guess. Yeah, it's the second one, second row, all the way to the right. Mm-hmm. That's one. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should be able to get her to to do a Sit around talk. Two minutes. Yeah, I think it's around 32. I don't think you get those timestamps here because it's not YouTube, but... Or, or yeah, there you go. Can government co-opt Bitcoin? 42. Is that it? No, the, the one before that. Oh, government maybe. using Bitcoin? Yeah. What's the timestamp? 36 minutes. And before that? Bitcoin evangelism, but promo. Yeah. Now then it's probably the 36. All right. Let's see. Well, that's something that we talked about in the last episode where we, we discussed sort of the fragility of the overall system and how the big banks were yeah. consolidating into fewer and fewer and how that would lend to um, the eventual release of a CBDC. But, you know, it, it begs the question, will Bitcoin address some of these issues? Because I think a lot of people think that a CBDC is inevitable and it will um, have, you know, use cases for, for some people who maybe are going to pay taxes in those CBDCs. But but with regards to opting out and having an alternative, some people would say that it looks like the government regulators, um, even Wall Street, they're they're approving Bitcoin. They're adopting Bitcoin. They're creating products around Bitcoin to allow more and more people to have access to it. And so Bitcoin's sort of winning in that sense. Would you agree? 
winning. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it under those metrics. I certainly think that uh, the big commercial banks and potentially, you know, the financial arm of the U.S. government think they can use it that benefits them. Um, so just to, you know, before I go any further, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to everyone that there's a big differentiation, even from the U.S. government's perspective, between Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, right? Gary Gensler of the SEC refers to Bitcoin as a commodity, but every other cryptocurrency is security from the SEC's perspective. That's pretty significant. So seeing Bitcoin as like this commodity from the SEC's perspective, perspective, the only commodity in the digital currency space, they obviously want to use that to their benefit if they can. And it seems like they probably can and will. Yeah. Um. So the conflict here as I see it is why was Bitcoin originally made? You know, uh, from what I have, what's been portrayed, right? It was created as a tool of financial freedom uh, to prevent fiscal irresponsibility on the part of central banks and also commercial banks as a response to things like the and 2000 the financial crisis. So what happens when the same powers that Bitcoin uh, was created to thwart um, start using it to continue their bad behavior. Is it still a tool for financial freedom then, or has it become a tool of the same people it was created to fight against? This is a real discussion that needs to happen in the Bitcoin space. It is happening to a degree, arguably not enough. I think a lot of people um, you know, can get kind of googly-eyed thinking like, oh, wow, what if Bitcoin goes above $200,000 and all of this stuff? Like, Okay, well, it, it's great that you might have, you know, a higher net worth, but in a lot of the cases where like Bitcoin would be projected to reach astronomical sums, that means like the dollar and like other currencies widely in use become like insanely devalued. So like, okay, um, if a loaf of bread is worth like $300 because like helicopter money in the U.S. has happened and it's like hyperinflation, and you have Bitcoin, like you're standing, you might have like a lot of, you know, a, a lot, like a lot of, it looks like you have a lot of money in your account, but in terms of purchasing power, like you basically have the same lifestyle you have now, but everyone else around you is dirt poor and has like, is that a scenario to be like cheered on? I don't think so. It, this is, uh, Bitcoin's supposed to be ideal money, right? And a tool of financial freedom. And if we let the people that have, run this insane monetary casino for decades, use Bitcoin for their ends, Bitcoin will see, period. Um, I also think there's a, a, a side effort too, and I think it's very obvious or should be very obvious to, to people in the space, uh, to criminalize privacy enhancing tools for Bitcoin transactions. They want Bitcoin transactions, those that they allow to happen, um, to be completely surveillable. They don't want financial privacy, which is part of this push for Stay, uh, you know, bank issued stable coins and deposit tokens and CBDCs is all about knowing everything about the flow of money, you know, how the public spends their money. They don't want you to spend one dollar and them not know about, you know. So, I mean, that's essentially where it's headed. And they if, to use Bitcoin, they want it to go in that direction as well. Um, So, you know, it's very likely like in the event that like the dollar hyperinflates, like, you know, uh people have made the case that like maybe Bitcoin will be used as a reserve asset to keep the dollar from completely imploding, you know, like if the U S is going to default on its debt and we're like, what at like 34 trillion now, I mean, it's like completely insane. And it's not like 
going to be addressed, the debt problem. So obviously it will explode at some point. So, I mean, I feel like he's like a cognizant of like, Wait, wait, what, what is Natalie's response? I just want to kind of yeah, we'll want to hear her. Yeah, so these she... efforts to use Bitcoin for ends that are like not good in terms of like the original ethos of Bitcoin. So people kind of have the look the word Monero. Pick a side about like, are you going to fight to keep Bitcoin a tool for financial freedom for everybody, and to keep it being like ideal money to to as a hedge against central bank and commercial bank malfeasance, or are you going to let those same central and commercial banks uh, use it for their ends and and incorporate it into their system of complete financial? I think it's a very I think it's very easy to choose what side to be on there. Um, but some people, again, you know, are like, "Ooh, the prospect of being a millionaire sounds great. But like if you, do, you know, maintain the lifestyle you have now in a hyperinflation scenario costs a million dollars. I mean, that's not great uh, either. And, you know, if every all your transactions are surveillable and all of the stuff, I mean, maybe you have more money, but like, you know, the system they're trying to like usher in commit a thought crime and the DOJ will just come and seize all your Bitcoin like they do to tons of people. You know, I mean. There's certain stuff we we have to stand against or it just it gets bad for everybody. It doesn't matter how much. I think you bring up really important points about how we have to build tools that will preserve privacy with Bitcoin, that will protect the right to self-custody. That's one thing that a lot of Bitcoiners are getting super involved with, with regards to mm -hmm. advocacy against bills like Elizabeth Warren's anti-crypto bill. We also have to build more tools to ensure network decentralization. But I will say what gives me hope is that no matter what company comes in or if nation states want to adopt it as a reserve currency, Bitcoin is immutable to change and can't be captured or co-opted in the way Lol. that all these other forms of money can be. And my biggest hope with Bitcoin is that it does empower people economically. So if, if they, they can at least just store their value in something that's not going to be ripped away from them and diluted by inflation... They can make some more decisions. They will have the freedom. They will have more options to choose what lifestyle is right for them and maybe take themselves to a country where they feel safer or where they feel their views are more represented. Would you agree with any of that? I mean, to an extent, you have to keep in mind. I did point out that it kind of shows a serious lack of the understanding of the back end of how these things work. Which yeah, I had to laugh at that. Yeah, it's, it, and I mean, she, you know, she would be a really good, like, you know, front end dialogue sort of person for a lot of these concepts. But the thing is, is like after what the what the guest on the right just said, her response was to talk about the immutability of Bitcoin, even though the guest on the right literally just laid out a massive case for the the fact that it is not immutable. Like that was the entire <laughs> premise of what she's saying. And then the person on the left comes back with like well, I mean, it's a great place to put your money where it's immutable and it can't be taken from you. And she just spent 15 minutes telling her how it can be taken from you and how it's not immutable. <laughs> you can be immutably captured forever, yeah. eternally. I this even this like surveillance heard system. anything that that woman said, you know? Whitney Webb is, she listens to Monero, Monerotopia, I'm convinced. She, she, she listens to Monero talk. Apparently, she, she's awesome. You're the, not the guest. <laughs> She's. A, it sounds like a Monero person talking to a Bitcoin person. This is like what we're what we're listening to here. That's exactly where I thought when yeah. when I saw this and and uh, Slave Blocker said last week like yeah wait, get Whitney on and I think if she goes on if she doesn't know what Monero is she 
like she's gonna get it i feel like yeah she, yeah she's and got, i, she I really she's there's, there's something that like just sociologically the biggest difference between people who left bitcoin versus people who stayed in bitcoin and i don't know if anybody else has noticed but whoever this lady is on the left right so it's always people in Bitcoin will develop tools or those guys over there will get this thing done, right? But the people who develop tools and get things done, they all left Bitcoin in like no later than 2018. We all watched the migration happen, right? And people in the Monero community are, we have to do this. I'm going to do this. Or will somebody help me? knock this task out and the the interviewer um was just saying developing privacy preserving tools right it's like it is 2024 people exist like the farthest that they've gotten is like coin joining and mixers and like and it's like you are all those far behind on privacy right now it's like a lost cause yeah I think yeah, this is uh, influencer versus you know influencer with uh, you know social media presence and versus someone who knows what's going on and understands the industry. Exactly, man. Exactly. A lot of uh, coping mechanisms going on in in the space, unfortunately. Uh, and um, I would say also, if if somehow the Monero community can help this um, happen, I would say. Uh, getting Arctic Mine on Lex Friedman would be awesome. He yeah. he has mentioned he has mentioned Monero in sentences, but he's never talked about it. But Lex Lex has mentioned Monero. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I've, I've listened Lex to his, Friedman. I've listened to his podcast for like since the beginning. In and... totally unrelated news, he's been banned off of every platform right now. No, I was just joking. Like if, if he keeps talking about it, like you know. <laughs> He asked what? Ryan Armstrong in an interview, uh, "Why don't you support Monero?" And yeah, that's that was that was a kind of a bold question. I was glad Lex asked that um, because I do feel like Coinbase does preach that they are like the future, and we preserve the rights of our users or whatever. But then at the same time, they don't allow Monero. Um, and he decided that it was like illegal. Like they, they they haven't actually written down the laws, but it's like a soft power that they have to to ex- limit the ability of United States exchanges to to use Monero. Um, so it's it's it was interesting. Centralized exchanges are not the future. What was I think I missed that or forgot? What what did that happen, Ramsey? Was that all? Is us? Uh, that was over a year. It feels like. Um, but yeah, I feel like maybe I think it was. I don't know if he's been on there once or twice, but. Uh, it's definitely uh, something that you can check out. Yeah, and Alex has mentioned Monero. Like he's he's talking to I don't know if it was Charles Hoskinson or Vitalik or whatever, but he's like saying yeah, like Bitcoin, like Ethereum, like Monero, and it's like mm-hmm. he's he knows what it is. And mm-hmm. I think Arctic that that's just my suggestion. He's one of the best guys to to get on there and talk about the technical stuff. Lex is great at like preparing and he has questions and critical questions he's had a ton of bitcoiners on he's had vitalik charles uh the founder or co-founder of Chainlink, uh the italian guy who who started algorand but no monero yet and how howard howard too would also be really good yeah 
Um, so are we all in agreement then that we're going to blow up his feeds until he puts Doug and then Arctic on the show? Well, I don't have any social media, so Arctic you're going to have to do the job. You know. Nah, I mean, just, Arctic would be would be amazing. Howard Chu would be. I think amazing. Howard Chu would be the best. Yeah. Well, other than all right, well, John McAfee, obviously, he would have been the best. <laughs> well, the, okay, hold on a second. Uh, a second uh, hold on a second. Do you guys want to watch the reply, uh, Whitney's reply to what Natalie just said before I close this off? Yeah, right, you gotta let it go a little, like another minute or so. Listen, okay. uh, we add any any extra content, I think, but so like co-opt all the on and off ramps in Bitcoin. So, like, even in that scenario, like, if you have a lot of Bitcoin, but, like, you can't use it or exchange it for legal tender, you know, you'd, you'd only be able to, like, use it with other people that have Bitcoin, right? And so, like, there's a potential for that to emerge at some point, probably in certain uh, scenarios. But as it is right now, I mean, there's an unprecedented effort by, like, the DOJ specifically to get, like, major crypto exchanges under its by making them, uh, well, I mean, the Binance thing is a good example, right? So, like, looking at Binance, what's happening? Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an insane amount of staff from the Department of Justice are surveilling every transaction that goes through Binance right now. And uh, FinCEN has custodianship of the exchange for the next five years. They have all access to all of Binance's data, not just from the settlement forward, but all of their past data. So they can retroactively go and flag transactions and the DOJ can be like, we're going to seize that wallet for X amount of Bitcoin and add it to, you know, the DOJ's massive uh, Bitcoin holdings, which are among the biggest in the world, right? So you control all of these on and off ramps and surveil all of that. Like that is a major problem. And uh, I think people have to be really aware of this like big push to end uh, online anonymity and financial anonymity or like privacy uh, that I've been talking about for a long time. So like, you know, um, obviously like Bitcoin has potential to be something, but if we let these people control the on and off ramps and like other major aspects of infrastructure, like maybe Bitcoin itself is immutable, but they plan to do everything in their power to prevent it from being something that uh, takes a takes a big chunk of their power. And I think people have to be like, I, I mean... Some people are naive about how far these people will go, but you should not be. Like, these are people that do not want to cede their power to anybody, and they're very accustomed to stealing, um, and they don't plan to stop stealing, you know? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, people need to be really um, aware of that and, um, you know, uh, and, and fight to keep Bitcoin to be something that is empowering and a tool for freedom and financial freedom because you know if enough people uh, get too googly-eyed about the value going up and you know yeah pumper bags and all of this stuff i mean there's a lot that could a lot of damage could be done and you know um i mean i wish i had more like positive stuff to say about it but i mean it's not like the battle is lost like i'm not saying that what i'm trying to say is people need to be really what i'll try to say is use monero that I should say. What episode? What episode on Natalie's channel is this? Because I'm actually that sounds interesting enough that I'm actually oh, going to watch the entire title. Um, it's on the second oh, row. Oh, I can't see the two parts. I can't see the um. <laughs> Leave the world behind and build a new one with Whitney Webb. Okay, thanks. There you go. That's it. I just want to say one thing in regard to to Binance. Uh, long story short, basically, I got scammed and wanted to report the scam. 
But in order to like, I, I thought I looked on the blockchain explorer and saw that he imported the Binance. So I was like, I got to report this to Binance. And I had to make an account to do that. And then I, it said, you're in the US, you can't make a Binance account. So as a result of the government's regulations of Binance, I wasn't able to report a scam. Wow. It's like, it's, it's such a fucking clown world situation with the whole like crypto exchange that like everything that they say they're going to do, it's always like two days before the exact opposite thing happens. Remember back in the day when like the government was going to try to keep us safe and it would take like a month for everything to backfire and now it only takes like five hours? Well, they want this one did control. Like the famous saying that I think that CIA guys have said they only want the state to remain in control. Opt out, use Monero. And uh, so for those of you in the chat. Yeah, there I I, think they the problem. I linked... uh, so earlier in the show, there was some discussion, uh, especially with Body, about how, you know, if Monero became like the default everything, right? It's the, the scaling problem would emerge quickly. Um, so I'm not super great at code, but I, I'm pretty good with math stuff. And um, I've, I've never really brought it up, but I always thought that... Uh, there's it's called uh directed acrylic or acyclic sorry directed acyclic graphing techniques and there's there's like a lot of ways to do it right there's like a i mean there's got to be dozens of formulas by now um but they're particularly useful when you're coding and i linked it in the chat if somebody wants to look at it in greater detail in fact i think nano might be playing with it and the only other person that i've heard talking about it and i'm sure a lot of other math nerds notice this but like i think luke smith at monero topia had mentioned that i don't think he pointed out that it was uh directed acyclic graphs but he pointed out that there are other ways to organize um that instead instead of a traditional blockchain there are other ways to do um proof of work style oh yeah doing that uh doing that weird thing where like a a consensus majority of the peers see a transaction and they're like okay like 75 percent of us see this so it must be and it's valid so it must yeah what he said and the thing is is like as far as um now what i've never heard anybody bring out that i think is like super crucial for capitalizing on the value of right is if you were to merge mine a chain and and it's it's, so remember how they were asking um okay well how do you make a stable coin that's private okay well if you were to merge mine a, a for example like one of these smart contract projects or something and it had a side chain that uh confirmed a transaction that was pegged to Monero but that same mining process was also mining Monero okay and i i hope this isn't getting super confusing but basically if you had a smart contract and then the proof of work was merge mining Monero but within that smart contract you were using directed acyclic graphing technique there's a lot of options you would you would probably want to pick the best math formulas that would both be highly efficient for scaling but would also uh be easy to code without a whole lot of extra 
that coding problem. And there's uh, a lot I want to I want to get something off my chest, and I, I'm so happy to be here. And I don't want to make this like a narcissistic, egomaniacal, god complex type of stuff. The bounty is still out for my nick. I don't care. Um, so I, I wanted to just say the the base case for this uh, wire two block because last time I said it, it was. And if anything, I want to take the weight off of Doug for this show and. I want to just contribute, not be a, a white. Um, <clears throat> so, so if if we start uh, at the uh, at the beginning, and we imagine that we have uh, ten blocks, like let's say blockchain with ten blocks, and um, we have the source code block, and we have the first two blocks. So let's say that what is used to prevent double spending in Monero is the key images. So if we spend inputs, so let's imagine that on the source block, there is um, outputs that we can use as inputs in the first block. We do so, We, <clears throat> but what we do is just because it is a layer two block does not mean that it's not on chain. It is layer two and it is on chain. The thing is that we remove it by putting only the key images on the first block and the hash of the layer two block. And that's why we are all small blockers and big blockers. The question is, how much of a big blocker are you? Because if we do this just for the first block and we remain the entire chain equal, we could still, if you wanted to spend inputs from the first block, then uh, we would have to uh, spend using our coins, our first uh, slave block, and we would send it to the miner and it would still work. The question is, for how many master blocks can we do this such that all nodes in the network still can synchronize? And I think this is super important because, um, sorry, I'm just going to keep going. So because uh, there is the 10 block walk time, and this is important to prevent, the, to cope with the reorgs, basically. So... If there is that, then there is another function, which I came up with, which is the flag-waving velocity. This means that if you have uh, all the big blocks, like we do now, we just have them all on chain. We don't do this partition where you, you withdraw the block, so to speak, from the master block, keeping it as a layer 2 block. And you see Wedger Nano S's, this is all for the future. There will be a service to sell. I I lost my uh, layer 2 block, but I have my policy. I know which height it was. I don't have my layer 2 block, but could someone sell it to me? Because some Monarian will have it. And the flag, flag waving velocity is that if you have in uh, computational complexity, you have two things. You have space and you have time. For example, bulletproofs. You will do a lot of calculations and you reduce it to log n or n log n. So <clears throat> the nodo, for example, is very um, fitting name because the less layer two blocks you keep, the more proof of work you should provide. Because now we do not provide proof of work for the, 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 the chain. We just worry about the proof of work to mine a block. And this is the only step that is missing. It's not scalable, but it will be. I don't, I mind combinatorial objects and I always saw that NP completeness, that wall of complexity that is exponential. But if we kick it back to the mempool or to the bandwidth, this is all poly polynomially 
vice. This is n to the power of c, a constant, and not c to the power of n. So it will scale. And there is an elephant in the room about Monero not scaling, but it will. Thanks so much. I love you guys. Awesome, man. Awesome. So the only thing that I'm not understanding is the flag waving part. Can you... So basically, you're you're requesting your layer two information. Can you go over that again, please? Yeah, I, I was breathing. So, um, so the the, the, <laughs> yeah, the I, I hope we would all. <laughs> so the the thing this is additional. This is just like an, another option. Like let's say in hundred years, okay? Uh, like in hundred years, Monero works fine, um, and. Uh, then a guy comes and says, okay, you, you, no one in 100 years if Monero works is going to sync from Genesis from 2014. They're going to sync like from 50 years. And of course, there is the zero sync and then there is the quantum resistance and there is the quantum entanglement. And then there are uh, lots of variable human uh, variables as well. And um, like my point is we should think about snapshots like in 100 years, no one is going to sync from Genesis. So I come with uh, my my slave block, right? And my keys, I make a transaction, I prove it from the miner, and the miner said, says, no, but I don't have that master block you're referencing to. Those are your granny coins. You didn't rotate them. So, uh, yeah, tough look. Like, like, basically, the flag-waving velocity says that the less layer 2 blocks you keep, the more proof of work you would have to provide because the node would synchronize and it's better like it seems intuitively better that that node would provide also proof of work for because these miners they they mine in a context like we cannot just have hashes of layer two blocks with the key images from start to finish until the 10 block lock time and then no one knows in which context they're mining so uh you, we, it seems intuitive that we need the flag. How tall is the flag of Monero? The stick of the flag is always the same. The top is the mempool. It is a, a, a dark black hole. All the transactions get confirmated. Zero conf is paramount. So the amount of layer two blocks you keep is uh, the more you have, the less proof of work you would have to provide for a node to sync up gonna breathe again so thanks <laughs> i think the best way to present this is because i can i can visualize what you're saying in my head but i'm also trying to think in terms of like an audience but more importantly for people to audit and vet your idea and try to poke holes in it right because a lot of this you know i've never thought about this before right but like if a person could look at the visualization, like, I mean, I'll tr- maybe I'll try to draw one up for what I... No, the thing, the, I can do memes about it, gladly. Yeah. The yeah. thing is and... that I'm surely not the first guy that came up with this idea. I'm just the one that uh, says there is hope. I don't... I Prove me wrong. Roast me here live. I don't care. I pay 0.1 Monero to lose my nick. And again, I just want to contribute and be positive. It's... It, yeah, that... Like... What's interesting about this is because you're you're hitting on a lot of the things that the Monero community wants to preserve about Monero in the process of building more scaling capacity, right? Like what you're saying here, uh, 
the reason why it interests me particularly so much is because we would lose none of the advantages that Monero carries right now, but have so many like little, I mean, even just quality of life improvement with what you're saying. I mean, I can think of a lot of like just the quality of life improvements that would be gained from some of it. But I think we need to we need to draw it out visually so a lot of people can quickly audit it and decide whether or not this is a good direction to go because it's that's a it's kind of a cool concept now pardon me but if you wanted to sync a node uh, say in 100 years um you, obviously you wouldn't want to sync the entire blockchain if you could avoid it so why not um why not have like the monero daemon or whatever have you input your 25 word seed at startup, or you could skip it, and then since each version, I think, of Monero, like 0 0.18.3.1, 0.18.3.0, .0, whatever, I think each of those has a checkpoint. So when it's released, it says, hey, up to this point, this chain is the valid one, and here's a, uh, here's a hash or whatever saying that it is valid up to this point. So you could just sync back from the, you could say, okay, my first block is after X checkpoint, so you could just sync from that checkpoint forward. Well, that, that he was talking about when he hit the the snapshot part of. You're saying snapshot there. Although you know, honestly, uh, the the snapshot aspect is just that it is a, just another version of it. Um, the the flag part. Let's go down to the sea. Crowds of people wait for me. I like that quote from Archiva. So you go to the beach. There are lots of flags. There are Monero flags. All are, all have the same height. That means that, and the stick of the flag, it is not a perfect line because it's a V, because it contains the key images. At some part, at some part it will be a line because the, the adoption has already grown to a static level. It's not rising anymore. It's like, I don't know, um, the other day it says that it doubles from, I heard that from Antonopoulos, uh, that it's 50k transactions per second at 23rd of December. So I just uh, kept with that. And um, I lost my train of thought. Um, okay, so beach uh, flags. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so um, if if the flags are static, a new node comes along and wants to raise his Monero flag. Being where it, he puts it in the ground is the Genesis block. The stick goes up a little bit in a V. There are no miracles here. And then that is just the master blocks, one after the other, as small as possibly, right? as short, proven, possibly, and then the layer one plus the layer two blocks, which is the flag. And many pers many people can uh, have a different amount of layer two blocks. Like, if I don't have a petabyte available, right, I can just, uh, I don't know, just have layer one blocks plus the layer two blocks for just the last six months. Another person can make a business out of it and uh, provide layer two blocks as a service for anyone who requests them. Um, and so the thing of the flag waving velocity has to do with, if you have time complexity, you have less space complexity. Okay, and hopeless um, NP-complete problems, you have both. But this is not the case. So I don't know where I'm unclear here. Um, You're making a case. I can almost guarantee you that this, you know, people who aren't familiar with the back end of Monero are probably having no idea what you're talking about. But on the flip side, I mean, it all makes sense. Like you're, 
you're building in your security with one or the other, with space or with time. Um, well, the, the first thing is that no one is going to 51% attack over the 10 block walk time. Who would do that? Why would the uh, uh, invested actor walk, uh, start mining uh, from six months ago? They would start mining from now on, right? So, yeah. so that's one thing. And if we already put so much proof of work for the last six months, if we go 100x on the mining thing, why why is it not a, a static thing that it's not going to be perfect? But there are timestamps, right? So if you download the Monero D, you download it, verify the hashes. It's from the getmonero.org. You could be hacked there. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, See, what I like about this is at that point, it's only the security of the computers that are doing the mining that is even as far as I can think of, that would be the attack surface at that point. The right. thing is that the thing is that you you asked uh, it's not the thing, it's just the context situation. You asked if I floated this to the devs after me saying we're all in the same boat. So that implied I, I was already outside of the boat, but it's just, this is the people's money, right? So the devs are just our not just they are our trusted executioners, right? And you said we shouldn't be Monero people talking to Monero people about Monero. No, this is Monerotopia. Yes. So the problem that was given to me and which makes the which I don't understand which where there might be NP NP complete complexity is in the syncing part. If a node starts the initial initial block download phase from Genesis or at 50 years from some uh, block uh, 50 years ago, then it's he couldn't sync. It's like the the nodes that have these layer one plus layer two blocks. They need something to chew on. You know, you need the context. Like I don't know how to explain it better. Yeah, it just seems like in the future, a lot of it will be like a zk star proof, and then. Some of the operation will be done on layer two, but I think that's for a long time. The problem is that all these solutions like ZK Sync, Mutator Set, Mimble Wimble, Lightning, all of them have their own flaws. Like Mimble Wimble and Lightning, they're interactive protocols. So yeah, even their network layer is prior, public. And uh, look, the, the timeline, within 2000... Uh, 23 and 2024, Bitcoin and Dash, as well as even Monero, just they have that P2P connection, it's end-to-end -end encrypted, the node connection. So yeah, we have to look at other things also. There are lots of trade-offs and we have to mitigate those stuff, as well as the problem which uh, Natalie and those guys were talking about, the state control of on and off ramp. Yeah, that could be prevented if they have like a development backbone uh, on privacy, like even confidential transactions. If they implemented that or they implemented cross-transaction aggregation, like to make sure that coin joints are cheaper, they have Dandelion++. Plus plus. None of the problem would have happened in those like Bitcoin space or like those transparent blockchain space. So yeah, I took you. I took you. I have a question. I have a question. What would be interesting is to reduce and log in. If you have a set of public keys or or key images, let's say, it's about key images, then to make a locking function that if you have N 
key images. You would prove that one of those key images is within the set, the set membership with only log n space complexity. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I think so you have n keys, you have n keys, you have n keys, and you want to prove that one of those keys is within the set, but you do it in a space complexity of log n. That's my question to you, if you know that. Yeah, ZK proves like they are getting advanced. So I think, yeah, like something like Mina type. Yeah, it's possible to have like all the in the blockchain set as a proof, as a ZK proof. But there are also like trade-offs. It's not of like a final solution. That's why other blockchains are also having problems. Like Ascanon has said, like those async DAG, those kind of blockchains like Nano, as well as Zcash is attempting like liberated payments. Like they have their second layer solution as validity proofs and as well as liberated payments. But the thing is, they're very new and the, the only the sector is like mostly in public blockchains. They're not like even privacy coins. So there are some trade-offs. It's not like a final solution. In future, it will improve. But yeah, right now, the thing is, we have to see, like like the CIA guy used to say, like Andrew Bustaman, the state only wants to make sure they have the control over the populace and the state. They want to make sure they have control over the state. So they will just do co-opting, like co-opt the Bitcoin devs or co-opt the Ethereum devs with proof of stake garbage or small blocks or whatever. But the thing is, we have to make sure, is the protocol resistant enough for censorship resistance? Is it resistant enough for like state intervention? So yeah, there are lots of like uh, drawbacks to every tool. So yeah, we have to make sure Monero, yeah, like we want that our syncing, like wallet syncing. I think most people will use light wallets so if to make sure that wallet syncing is faster, but yeah, there are lots of trade-offs. You have to make sure like we have decentralization, censorship resistance, all those properties are there. So I, I just want to point out like, it, you know, this, what Slav blockers bringing up here, I mean, none of them by themselves, as far as the, as far as what he's brought up, none of these concepts are exactly new. But I would tell you, as a person who loves this stuff, what you're bringing up in its context is what's new to me. I, I hope everybody's getting what I'm laying down here, which is... Yeah, that's what's the amazing part of it, Oaskanon. Like uh, 200, like, I don't know, how many shit coins are there in the world? It cannot be that none of them said, okay, we are going to put the hash there, the key image... Uh, and keep the the slave walk for ourselves, and then send it to the miner. And this is this is incredible. Like I don't know what to say. Uh, this can't be real. Yeah, many blockchain have that, like Mina as well as Neptune Cash. They are also planning something like that. But the thing is, those are not ready. Like Mina is a surveillance coin, and Neptune Cash didn't even came out it's just they're in development phase and there are many other coins like i read i read a little bit of that i read a little bit of that neptune how can there be it's like quantum resistant and all that but how can there be just one transaction how how can there just be a one transaction per let me let me pause you for a minute so did you did you ever see the luke smith monerotopia uh from mexico did you actually get to see that before i saw it uh, I, I don't. I don't remember. Uh, Luke Smith is a 
advocate for Linux and he has guides. I know that. Yeah. Okay. So I'll try to like consolidate it a little bit because I've got two things going on in my head with, you know, about what you said. Plus sometimes this stuff takes a little bit for me to digest. Because like, I mean, from a mathematical basis, I, mean, I totally get what everything that you're saying, but it's also like putting it together the way that you have. I mean, thinking about the implications, there's a lot there. But my point is, um, on one side, I'm thinking like, okay, if what you're saying is true, it's almost like hard to believe that nobody noticed how many things this solves and fix, right? Like it's, it's so there on one side of my my brain i'm just like how could this be so effective and nobody's doing it yet or at least nobody that i know is doing it this way but then on the other side i'm thinking in luke smith's presentation he was talking about how uh especially towards the end the the techno the technological solutions for monero's problems almost certainly already exist and we just haven't implemented them yet and his example was the fact that you know, several South American empires had the technology of the wheel and like children's toys and stuff, but they never deployed it for like getting work done, right? So they were using these engineering concepts for like playing games, but they weren't using it for like massive construction projects and stuff, even though it would have made their lives a million times easier. And so what you've brought up here, and I'm trying to keep it like kind of simple for anybody who doesn't know like the math or the um, or the software side of what you're describing here. But if what you're saying is true, you know, you've really laid out a way where without a lot of modifications, we could solve a lot of things that I mean, are almost not even really a problem now. But and then it's also what could be built it, it, as a result of that, that I'm even more interested, right? So if, if what you're saying was ever deployed, there are so many other things that you could now do with Monero and a bunch of other stuff that that is really difficult to do now. No, I, I love NFTs, for example. You would keep the, the data of the NFT on your hard drive next to the chimney on Christmas, like a present. Nice. I think that uh, even as in a larger sense within the public imagination, it's it's people don't really have like a, a vision of a future that's actually like a distributed economy. And sci-fi, like for instance, Star Wars, it's there's an empire, right? Which Monero is like against the ideals of an empire, and like smart contracts are against the ideals of an empire. Seems like people could, and then there's there's the cyberpunk, which is like the evil corporations and stuff. But there's no act, not not much public imagination for a vision of the future where there's distributed, decentralized, built on smart contracts, and it's actually a positive future, right? And so I think that a lot of people just have a diff, difficult time even imagining this, let alone figuring out how to create this and uh, and become a developer, right? Because like if the development community is already small enough, the community of people who are software engineers, the people we need to build this, and then within that, like that that field they just don't even have a vision for the future that we actually are trying to build because it's the only positive future out there because we've never had um we've never ever in human history had a time without an empire we've had the chinese empire and the roman empire and all these empires we as humanity don't know what living without uh an empire is like so People have a hard time imagining it. So, yeah, I, see, I have a question. Years old. How do you solve that? 
What's your suggestion for the solution to that problem? Yeah, so uh, DAOs are generally the, the marketing term. I don't really like that term. I don't really like three-letter abbreviations. Um, I actually am a smart contract developer. I've been working on a forum that's actually based on a shareholding structure. So the way that it works is the on Reddit, like you know, everyone has one vote. It's like the democratic ideal. But this is more of a shareholding structure where the, the content is curated by the votes, and then the votes are equivalent to how many tokens that you own. And so it's actually an alternative governance model. Um, and we just launched, um, we're over at talk.online, but that's like legitimately what I'm trying to build. Yeah, that's the thing. Lots of solutions with their own trade-off, like even those DAOs, n none of those DAOs are like pri private. Like the, most of the coins are, that's the problem. Like the culture of surveillance coin, trans transparent coin, it's like so much of it. Just like China, like how China got the surveillance state, it because of CIA and Google. Otherwise, there there wouldn't be uh, like this China China's rise. I I would like to go into the the video of this week of Rucknium, um, and more specifically into the ring signatures because um, my my take on it is biased because I I am talking about player two walks this way, so I. I think that, um, again, I'm just a Monero hobbyist. Take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, like, I don't see a problem with ring signatures. And uh, I I heard what he said, and I I stand by wh what he said. So um, the full membership proofs thing, first, I don't understand it. Second, perhaps it's not peer-reviewed. Third, it's new crypto. There is a moral responsibility and all that stuff. And uh, I would like to describe a way for if you have an output that has tainted of high risk, uh, I visualize it best with uh, badminton balls or uh, feather balls. Uh, if this becomes too confusing, please stop me. But let's say we go down to the beach again, to the sea. What uh, Crowds of people wait for me there. And there is Christine playing badminton, right? And now we see she hitting the badminton ball. And it goes from left to right. On the left side, you have the spikes. And on the right, you have the ball of the feather ball. And you make uh, frame shots, like non-overlapping, such that the feather ball goes from the left to the right. Um, and so if you have high-risk output, it's like one of the spikes on the left are the outputs and the, the ball is like the stealth address. So... We are considering only one input and only one output. So what you want to do is you want to hide in the crowd. So if we have this once, are, are you guys following? Do you visualize what I say, Laskana? Yeah, I, I'm closing my eyes so I can like really focus on what you're yeah. saying. So, like, so on, on the... I'm just seeing feather, feather balls is, is stuck in my head. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, see, you see one line, you see one line of feather balls, right? You, you see one line of the feather ball going... And you take uh, non-overlapping snapshots, like one frame, two, second, third, fourth, until 10, let's say. Okay. And we have only one input, one output. This represents ring signatures of 15 decoys and one output. And you go from left to right. If you would do that, it doesn't matter how, how long you would do this. Because um, you would be the only one to do this. You would go to an exchange. You would withdraw perhaps the same amount if you're really stupid. Uh, and then it's you're screwed. 
So what you want to do is you want to wait for the second feather ball and the third to start from the overlapping first feather ball that you made, right? On the same output. And then you are the second on the second frame. And then you wait a random amount of time. And then you are the fourth. And then after like eight frames, you are so hidden in the crowd that you can even write a script to follow this locally on your node. And then you're like in between thousand people. Like I don't do this. I'm not a high-risk individual or a person with a high-risk output. But you could definitely program the script and let it run locally on your node. I, I hope... I, well, how hard would it be to just build that into every transaction? No, that's different, man. I mean, the, well, I, other than the fact that, you know, how much somebody withdraws would be up to them, or how much somebody spends, I mean, would be up to them. Uh, but the, it's like, so let's say you take the exact same concept, because obviously with ring signatures, you're already like doing the lost in the crowd thing. But how hard would it be to build the build the randomization right in that you're describing outside of just ring signatures. Um, you lost me. That's outside of the context. What I was talking. Um, yeah, I, I was like hoping for yeah, and then cooperation. But I, I guess I wasn't very clear on that. Uh, well, so you're saying yeah, you one output. Yeah, and then which you use as input. Which you use as input. One output, which you use initially as high-risk input, yeah. and you have the feather ball, which is the left, like the 16 feathers, one is yours, and then mm -hmm. to the right, you have the first stealth. Oh, okay. I just, I now understand that the analogy, it's not the snapshots that are the transactions, the entire feather ball represents the transactions. Exactly. Snapshots exactly. at the time that has elapsed. No, 10, 10 snapshots would be 10 transactions. Yeah, so the t the number of transactions that has elapsed. Plus, I, I'm bad at explaining, so imagine that. Yeah. No, because that that's what I was. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like the the ring of all of the trans or the the ring signature, uh, are, are all the trans the, the decoys and the real transaction are all built into your feather ball, and it's actually the time of other transactions that represent your snapshots. So, and then that would be where the randomization is already built into how we do it now. Well, imagine imagine the first feather ball sequence being yours, right? Uh, all in white feather balls. And then start with other colors, like green, blue, starting from the same output and being parallel to you. This Each transaction, you just wait. Now I'm the first one making to there, then I'm the third one from the second transaction to the third transaction, I wait. I analyze how many times was parallel feather balls with other colors being used. And then I go to the next snapshot, which is the next transaction. And I always randomize. So after like 10 transactions, you're so hidden in the crawl that ring C, like ring CT is not a problem. There is no way to crack Monero. Forget that. Like it is not perfect. I mean, I've agreed with that for a long time based on almost exactly what you're saying right now. I think what people are worried about with Ring CT, it's not so much that right now it's actually a threat. I mean, you have to be really, really stupid and a extremely high value target in order for Ring CT and then the the hypothetical Eve Alice Eve thing. I think what they're worried about is the constant progression of computational power 
like being able to reverse engineer transactions from like a long time ago. Does that make sense? So for example, like let's say the, the thing is that Eve Alice Eve just uses one transaction, right? But if you churn it really fast to yourself all the time, imagining just one input, just one output, normally there are two inputs, one ring signature per input. I don't know how it's, I, I studied this in the zero to one arrow version two in ML SAG. I don't know what version is used now. So in the Eve you might as well churn it 10 times, send it back to the exchange. It's the same difference. If you just would do one transaction, you get the high risk output, you send it directly even with the same amount to the exchange. That's the same as churning it 10 times without overlapping with other feather balls, you know? So, but what I'm saying is, the, it, it, I mean, for one, you're right. Like, the idea that ring signatures are the problem is so ridiculously overhyped, but it just shows, like, the level of security conscious that our community has. But I'm pretty sure the main reason why people fear it so much now is, let's say, in 2020, you do a Monero transaction, and then you go and try to spend it when it's unlocked, for the same amount, okay? It, um, the the thesis is, it, outside of the fact that it's been lost in the crowd of all of these uh, all of these other transactions that it's couched in, well, for one, the transaction that was made to give you the output as your future input for when you go to spend the same amount, even all of the crowd that you're lost, right? It's the, it's the plausibility that the crypto that you received and then the crypto that you went and spent and the fact that it's the same amount, the, I, like the, the value of the ring has been lost as far as if somebody has the appropriate computational power to kind of weed out those two transactions. Now, actually, Monero already does something to mitigate favors newer transactions for incorporating it into the ring. Um, but it, it, like the reason why I think people are, are paranoid about ring CT is that, however, I would point out that it's also not fixed by zero knowledge. You see, like, because it, the plausibility of the same amount being spent twice, but the reality is, is that the plausibility. What are you talking about, being... man? Not fixed in zero knowledge. It doesn't matter what coin you're using. If you are a high-target individual, you get an amount. You got to yeah. spend it somewhere else. You're screwed. Doesn't matter exactly. how how zero sync, quantum proof, and quantum entanglement it is. Doesn't matter. And so was you people people should study Monero. People should study Monero. And I'm not telling you. I'm not saying anything personal here. They. The users that are afraid of this should uh, should inform themselves how to use the tool properly. And then I see memes about, uh, if you say Monero is uh, private again, I'll shoot you with a Pulp Fiction-like thing. This is ridiculous. Like, uh, there needs to be a high signal on the knowledge of Monero. And again, I iterate, there should be a hot chick on YouTube explaining Random X, explaining Ring CT, there should be a Joe Sixpack doing the same. And there should be a, a myriad of uh, knowledge, like, you know, like, uh, for example... What's ripped? What are you talking about? I'm on Alaska and I'm so cranking out those videos. I know you'd be good at them. I, I'm definitely... What about, getting that, what about getting that web person? Well, it's and the, the thing is, is 
uh, and you guys remember the the hack right where all of the um that monero got hacked and everybody was like speculating on all these like extremely advanced technical things that may have happened where somebody hacked all of this monero and blah, blah, blah. and i was saying back then guys this is almost certainly like the guy who was the custodian had a hooker over and she found out that there was monero and she just like took it right it's, it's, you know, people always speculate on these extremely technical things that may or may not have happened. We just saw it again this week where people are like, oh, Monero's not secure because blah, 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 blah. And then it turned out homie like literally just put a file with like every single like personal detail into, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's never. I, I would like to tell a joke. I would like to tell the most epic death possible for Bitcoin. So we are at 500 exahash. So imagine that we go to what's the next order of magnitude? I think it's uh, Yota or Zeta or whatever. So you guys all know that the hash of the block has all these um, starting zeros, right? Uh, the, the starting zeros? Yep, continue. Yes. So no one knows how many zeros to the left can exist in a... SHA-256 of SHA-256 of the header of the block in Bitcoin. If the target is too low, then no block will be found, and then Monero takes over. That would be the most epic death for me. For Bitcoin. Oh, so you're saying so you're saying that it completely runs out and they can't store any like they can't put any more zeros onto it, so they can't ever find another block. No, that SHA-256. No one knows if there is an input for SHA-256. That has as output all zeros, right? So if there is not such an output, then only God knows. But how, how much zeros is maximum? So perhaps there is a target with two zeta hashes that uh, just doesn't find a block, you know? But <laughs> it's such a thing as like a poisoned output that literally destroys the chain because calculating it would require like infinities. Slave. Blocker, Florida's asking, where do I start learning? What's your, what's your recommendations? Right for Bliss said, I have a list of resources on Monero. No babes or six packs, though. I posted uh, a couple in the comments. I would say go to getmonero.org slash library and go to IRC and ask about um, good cryptography books. Yeah, I think that uh, Naomi Brockwell will be a good fit for like this one. For explaining with animation the concepts of Monero, like Seraphis, Jamtis, ring confidential transaction and everything, random act. All right, reach out to her and give her dub. She seems to be part of the uh, Zcash cult. I've interviewed her in the past, and it was uh, was very uh, abrasive. Like, uh, yeah, that's the nice thing. And the funny thing is, uh, if you, like, uh, offer money, people will show up because, like, they want to do their stuff, but they are, like, controlled. Like, it's, like, those maxi mentality. Everyone wants to be on their their own team. Uh, I'm bringing up Joe Wilderness. Joe, you there? Yeah, even that Joe Venezuela guy, I think that he's also cool, but he's also on the... No, 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 I'm saying uh, I have, we have on the stage, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I'm here. Joe also had mentions about Monero, and it's fun to watch him. Yeah, I'm right here. Go ahead. Who is this? This is Joe. Yeah, what's going on? Everybody, everybody else mute yourself, please. Joe, what's up? You're on stage. 
ah, yeah, I was just a uh, friend of mine uh, uh, told me about this chat, and uh, so I joined in, and I'm just hanging out in the background listening in. That's a, who Thank told you. you about this? Are, are you into Monero? How'd you find your way to this, this uh, chat? I, I am into Monero. Uh, I just started learning about it. Uh, I've been in crypto for about two years. Uh, when I first started, uh, I was a neophyte, and uh, I got scammed like you wouldn't believe on oh, no. a honey trap. Uh, they pushed me into uh, a mining contract, and they uh, took a lot of money from me. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it sucked. Well, how'd you discover Monero? What was the... Uh... Well, uh friend of mine uh uh it goes by prancer and um let's see if he's on here i don't yes is it prancing 389 prancing yeah, 389 yeah that's it here i'll oh, okay so then uh we could bring him back up if he wants to talk also because there's max of 10 people on the screen right now so i'll hey guys this is prancing. hey prince there you are so go, so, so go ahead go ahead joe i, I want to hear the rest of joe's stories yeah, so Prancer, uh, let's see, uh, I stayed out of crypto for about a uh, year and a half. Uh, <clears throat> I set up a website to... Prancer, you, so we don't hear you in the background while Joe is talking. Yeah, so so what I did was uh, I set up a side-by-side uh, -side website of the scam site. They were .com, I, I made it uh, .net and put all of their information um uh on my website <clears throat> identified them in detail and um uh so i, I started uh, advertising uh the my website to uh, a chat room on reddit and everybody took a look at it and said oh crap so i found another website that has like over 6000 scam sites on it um that identifies over 6,000 scam site. And uh, so it, after that, I kind of uh, went dark and uh, Prancer and I started looking at Monero for uh, several reasons. One is uh, privacy, uh, which Monero is quite private. And then uh, I started thinking about, uh, you know, operational security part of it. Uh, if the U.S. Uh, uh, goes uh, to uh, Shibby hit the fan, uh, then uh, you can leave the country and still have your your funds um, secure so that you can go to another country and, and live quite comfortably. Um, we looked at Monero credit card, not credit card, debit cards for conversion, and uh, we found several. Um, and then, uh, I started thinking about, uh, uh, plan B, which is, uh, if the Chevy hits the fan, then, um, which, what facility would you use to get out of the country quickly? So my background is, uh, cybersecurity. It's also intelligence because when I was in the air force, uh, I, my last four years was in intelligence and I quite, I, I learned quite a bit. Uh, so I apply what I learned in real life and I've come, I, I've found a lot of rabbit holes and I have gone deep into rabbit holes. So I also played around with the dark web 
and it's quite interesting. But there's some good stuff about the dark web, and there's some really bad stuff about the dark web. So that's yeah, I, I'll go ahead and turn over to floor if you have any questions. I I'm, I can't hear you. Sorry about that. Okay, sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, enjoyed enjoyed hearing your story. So how do you think Monero then compares to some of the other cryptos in terms of um, being useful for those purposes for controlling well, what your I, money? Yeah, what I found is that uh, if you get into, say, Bitcoin, uh, not Bitcoin, uh, if you use a wallet called Coinbase uh, and also, well, Coin Wallet and use Coinbase as the exchange, um, a friend of mine, uh, another friend of mine, uh, we delve into tracing uh blockchain uh and to find out where those nefarious uh transactions uh went and then uh we started tracing um the the nefarious people uh which we used another tool so that we would create a link to a um, photo or a, a graphic or whatever and we'd start, you know, inject it into the conversation so that when they hit that link, it gave us the ability to find out what computers they were using, what uh, what their location was, their IP address, uh, if they were in an office park, um, uh, it, you know, in a cube farm. Uh, it, and most of them were in Malaysia and Singapore. And we did some more research, and we found out that uh, Singapore, there's two or three uh, cartels, Chinese cartels, that are running those um, scam sites. So, go ahead. A quick question. Hey, you should tell them about your uh, newest edition of your website, accepting Monero as a form of payment. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm running... Uh, a survival outback website and i uh, set it up so that i could go ahead and and you know e-commerce and i found the url can you tell us the url yes survivaloutback.com good i posted that in the comments too yeah and what i do is uh i teach people and 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 people have an uh a point where they can communicate with each other while they're RVing or camping, I also put survival techniques, uh, documents out there, um, and recipes and whatever. Uh, so, now, where was... Oh. Um, you added Monero payment. How'd you add Monero payment? What'd you use? Okay, so I found a plugin for WordPress. Yeah, that's that, what we use as well. That's a good one. Except that accepts over 150 coins. And one of them is Monero, and I also oh. have a... What is it? You know what that, that plugin is called? Uh, hang on. Let me log in. Maybe use Now Payments or something? That's, That's it. Now Payments. There's the, the Monero, Monero Gateway is a, is a good one to use on WordPress, and that allows you to natively accept Monero um, okay. without going through uh, Now Payments. But yeah, Now Payments is nice because you can accept pretty much any crypto. Yeah. You might want to also consider adding... Uh, Monero Gateway as an additional option. Very cool. So continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Gateway. So um, I haven't had any purchases through that um, app yet, that plugin. Okay. So uh, I'm in the process of marketing it. And once it takes, uh, it, it'll it be a, a point where people that do have Monero 
they can purchase products on my website, which- What is it again, the website, the URL? Survivaloutback.com. All right, let's bring it up. So it doesn't have m many products on it. Monerica, have you ever told Monerica that you exist? What is it? Yeah, we got to get you listed on Monerica. Yeah, you gotta, if you want people who are in the Monero community to look at your website, Monerica is like the king of Monero accepting directory. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's getting it's exposure Monero. right now. Is this it? It's, Mon it's Monerica, M O N. -E I'm liking it for you right now, homie. Check the, uh, there you go, bro. You need to get that guy to put you on his, on his, uh, directory. Oh, nice. And all Yo, you gotta do is submit a gift request. Is this the site right now that's up on, yeah, that's on the it. screen? Cool. Yeah, it's still a work in progress. So how'd you get into this? You've always been kind of, uh, expert in this area? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I've got over 6,000, uh, ebook documents that I've collected over the years. A lot of information that I am in the process of converting to Amazon Kindle. Um, cool. Let's, let's see what else. Um, the uh, training courses I'm developing uh, to go ahead and give people training. Some of them are free. Some of them are pay for. This is really cool, man. Um, yeah, you should, uh, you should consider coming down to Monerotopia. Should be uh, considered the next crowd. Considered, and I and I have I, to, and I have to ask if you're if you're jo if you're Joe of the wilderness, do you know George of the jungle? No, no, <laughs> no. He's in South America, and you will be too at Monero Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my plan be uh, by the way, George to... of the jungle in Africa, but it was a good joke. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, my my plan B is going south of the equator. Okay, Cabello, south of the border. Monerotopia. What's that? I was saying it's your plan A when you go to Monerotopia because that's where it is. It's in Buenos Aires. Monerotopia is December of this year. It's a conference. Yep, it's going to be in Argentina. Okay, I'll be right across the bay. Oh, dang! Well, I mean, after the conference, you'll be right across the bay. <laughs> but first, you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> So you, you 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 offer like survival classes and stuff too? Uh online, yes. Hmm. Dude, you gotta present at Monerotopia. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm getting that's what I'm getting at. Value of getting digital at. cash in survival city. Yeah. So I, I teach uh homesteading, I teach disaster preparedness and recovery, and I teach survival technique. Very cool, man. You have an adversarial mindset. That's that's how you found your way to Monero. Yeah, I see I think that's the perfect uh like overlap with Monero people. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. Uh, it's 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 uh, an overlap with a lot of uh, same thinking people. That uh, that what they're looking for is security, privacy, and plan A, B, C, and D. What do you see as some of the things uh, that you wish the Monero community might do to to make it? I don't know. Prep to improve it. The uh... The peer-to-peer -peer network of opting out. Do you have any thoughts there on on how we could grow adoption in Monero? Uh, I would say the first thing would be if your platform is solid. the The first thing and hit it hard is to market it and use every aspect SEO. You know, just everything about Monero. Just market it. Uh, hit your your 
independent journalists and offer them, you know, a discount or an affiliation discount uh, or just, you know, a PSA on Monero, public service announcement. And so we need to so we need to get a bunch of people together and make a Super Bowl commercial for Monero. Yeah, I would make uh, I would make like 15 second shorts. I even put those out on uh, YouTube and Rumble. I I, I tend to go to like Getter and Rumble and uh, what's the other one? Such with a P. Gab, Gab, Rumble. Yeah, there's Getter, Rumble, Bitchute, Bitchute, Patreon. Yeah, uh, Mike Mike Adams uh, uh, platform. Am I the only guy who's like a peer tube only guy except for Monero Talk? <laughs> yeah, anywhere peer except for Monero. Talk. It is Odyssey. There are lots of options now. Only thing they need is like UI management, like proper clean UI, and then. YouTube will get serious competition. PeerTube needs more content. That's my big. Pro- that's my biggest problem with it is they need more content. Yeah, and I YouTube. think they also need like an app like in FDroid. Like many of those services, they do not have like proper FDroid apps. So yeah, the, so that's actually the reason why. Even though I I paused the whole project for a while, but it's the reason why I started the Git Graphene OS initiative. And why I was like sponsoring people under the name of Git Graphene OS. And um, I stopped working on it for a couple of months. And it was mostly just because inventory management issues were a nightmare. Although I did fix that two days ago. But anyway, um, the reason why I was so obsessed with the Git Graphene thing is I wanted to provide a product that I could then use as a permanent funding model for open source apps inside of an open source ecosystem. And I started with all of the Oxen project people, but I also wanted to see things like a, a permanently maintained peer tube official, well, I mean, official in quotes, right? App where there was like a, like a single go-to peer tube app where somebody was also managing like content filtering done by the user. Uh, so a person can kind of like filter out what they don't want to see on an individual basis. But and what's going on? What, what is the the thirty second elevator pitch on uh, Oxen? It's my opinion that Tor and uh, and other means of a, a private version of the internet. There are not enough options, and I think that the Oxen team has a great philosophy for getting alternatives to just onion sites and uh and um uh, and tor i think we need other options other than tor and i think no because uh, i saw that um i saw that there is like this dvpn and you get like tokens for uh, getting bandwidth to other people right so um but that's like bad because you had to, I don't know, like you don't know what other traffic you're encrypting and could be dangerous for you. So I don't see any value in that uh, tokenomics there. Come get uh, me. If then I... Well, but, but if, if it's like um, public, um, public content, which is like uh, Rumble type stuff where you get the tokens for, that would be nice. Okay, so DVPN is is the device for two, three hundred bucks, right? 
What do you have? Oh, it's decentralized VPNs. So there are some so there are some coins that where you get paid for the bandwidth of others, as far as I know. Oh, you you don't mean the the DVPN device specifically, because there's a device named uh, DVPN that's been advertised on Facebook for about a year now, probably. No, no, it's a coin. It's a coin. Who the fuck uses Facebook? <laughs> I I only use it for things that that are necessary. For example, my class classes chat and family. I had to roast you. Of course, it's like some <laughs> government school or some yeah. boomer that you still have to use it for, right? Like, Probably, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Like the surf internet. Like if we have like a normal dark net, like by default, a dark means dark net by default. Uh, not as an overlay layer, but like a default layer. The surface internet wouldn't be so messed up right now. Like they're trying to ban like encryption again. Like they're trying to do like child control, like uh, grilling all those social media sites, like trying to ban encryption. They just don't care about children. They just want more control because they like forgot like, what is personal responsibility. They just want more control. So yeah, there are lots of problems with the surface internet. So yeah, we have to look for solutions. But our ultimate goal should be that, like uh, decentralized, like fully censorship resistant by default internet layer private and then, and then like the last the last hurdle would be like your actual cables right your tier one you know because the final boss of the internet is like the at&t verizon comcast yep, that's the thing that's why i think mesh network as well as satellite like a small reefs that's why they are going after artificial intelligence like their LLMs, they are going after those open source LLMs and their devs because they don't want like small reusable rockets to launch like satellite connection with their radio and mesh network. That's the I don't I don't know if they ever met this to you guys, but I have a project using Yegi antennas out in the desert and setting up networks using Yegi antennas like over long distances in really rural areas to basically prove the case that you could build uh well and and here's the thing there the governments of the world are already switching to a splinter net model and anybody who works in networking right now yep. like a, at a higher level they'll be able to tell you that like the splinter net model is the new internet model for our our overlords and our corporations and all of that but the hilarious irony of a splinter net model is it would make it easier for freedom-minded people to decouple from the Orwellian like network control grid. But one yep. of the reasons I think that uh, there's there's a lot of fear and a lot of uh, acceleration is because every Monerotopia, yes, I'm totally going to plug Monerotopia on Monerotopia. Every Monerotopia where human beings actually meet face-to-face -face and build real relationships, trading and transacting value and buying coffee for each other and all of that, every one of those solidifies the ultimate internet, which is the handshake, right? Because in the end, all of this, as far as a means to an end, Monero or no Monero, the means to an end for us is that we do business with each other and ignore 
the people that are trying to control the currencies, control the internet, control the infrastructure. Because it's only the fact that we give a shit about anything that they have to say that gives them any power. And for the longest time, I've been saying, like, why don't we just, like, you know, I, I mean, maybe cover the news stories to bring in outsiders. But the bulk of our work, you know, just like our, our new friend Joe here was saying, and what we've always said is, an economy outside of their economy, a currency outside of their currency, a communication channel outside their news feed. The faster we hit that and the closer we come to all of our neighborhoods having their own mesh network, all of our content being privately hosted, like the faster we get there, the the less relevance that all of their government overwhel- overlord bullshit it, it just doesn't matter anymore. It, it doesn't make any sense, man. How how can they say end encryption? Their central bank digital currency will need TLS on TCP. So what what is this about? The last bastion? Not for me. Yes, but the last yeah, bastion. Yeah, right. for the state, but for everyone else, jail time. The last bastion of liberty will be the VPNs. I mean... In my phone system, and by the way, if anyone wants to help me on that, the code needs to be rewritten on the bunker phone, Voiler 2. Like, by the way, that was the shit. I, I did take a look at that. That was super fucking cool. Oh, thanks, man. So uh, what we have to look at is uh, we have to look at a complete replacement of our central banking system globally and our and our media distribution system. Yeah, no, and the worry. Sorry, my point was, if they ban my my point was, if they ban VPNs, they're gonna ban Monero. So that's uh, the last bastion. Yeah. So I I just want to point out for you know because I I always try to keep people from turning into that fucking humor bullshit that you see all the time. These people that are pretending to be in charge have literally nothing without us. All of their technology is taken from the productive, like, you know, engineering talents of our people. All of their wealth comes off of the back of our productivity. Um, these people produce nothing. And these people, that's the, the nature of the parasite, right? They're always looking for a way to take your shit, right? So the harder they squeeze, the less ability they'll have to. And I also want to remind you, the harder they squeeze, if you think of it in terms of they're doing our penetration testing for us, they're doing our our product testing for us, right? If they squeeze hard enough where our systems fail, they have done us the favor of us not working on those systems anymore and pivoting to the ones that continue to work. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Slav Glocker was saying earlier about how we have overthought to death the idea of the security vulnerabilities in ring signatures. And, you know, if that's something that somebody wants to work on, more power to you. But anybody who's talking about like, oh, it's not perfectly secure, at this point, they can go get fucked, okay? Because Monero works now, and it works well, and these fucking crack pipe theoretical, oh, maybe there's a vulnerability that could happen 200 years in the future under these unbelievably specific circumstances, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's how about instead of sitting here and hating, like, go do something. Go grow a fucking garden and sell it for Monero. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
We are already past the threshold of worrying about some law coming down telling us that we can't use encryption. It's like I've publicly not paid taxes for like fucking forever. And my position has been forever. Okay, come and get me. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Like it's because every time they go and spend all of the time and energy to try to prosecute whoever, you know, over whatever, it's like it's theft. It's immoral. Go fuck yourself. I don't care. And I hope to be that guy. Okay, come and get me. You know, I would rather spend time with my kids, but I would also rather my kids see me not being a bitch. You know, it's like, because at some point you just have to tell them, I don't care. I'm going to build something better and you have no right to rule me. That's it. And all of these like theoretical discussions about vulnerabilities 200 years in the future. And then you got Joe Wilderness over here like, Hey, I'm going to build a website and I'm going to accept Monero. And if you want to learn how to grow a garden, let's talk. You know, like I like that guy and all of these like Twitter haters about, you know, just like we just need to start ignoring me. Oh, they're going to ban VPNs. Well, I'm going to use them anyway. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) No, but it will be at the ISP level. I mean, they're privatizing the Internet as website with new web. So there are like fiber optic cables with 1.7 petabytes. That's 212. Last time I said 300. It's 212.5 terabytes per second. And these are private with lines. They, they, it's, uh, they, they're private lines. They're going to privatize the internet. So my point is also I want how, to say, how, do, how do we turn the, be the Nodo, more how do we turn the Nodo system to a mesh network? Not privatized. They're going to like KYC the internet layer, like ISP level. So yeah, that's the trick. And that's active. But, like look at China, look at India. Like, it, it, like I think it's, you're, not, you're not considering the upside. Yeah, ban it at the ISP level. Fucking do it, bro. Do it. I would love to see them do it. Because the truth is, the the hardware and the architecture already exists for us to just build our own, like, let's call it an alternate, right? Like, all of us already use local area networks for all kinds of shit, right? We already know how to do networking without an ISP. We already know how to use mesh networks. The only reason why people don't have 75 phones doing a mesh network with a range extender is because we haven't had to. You know what I'm saying? Like, we already know how to do this. And so let them... Another point I would like to do... ...to not pay $150 a month for something that we could all be doing for free right now. Sorry, I'll I'll get to that. Uh, I wanted to say one thing, is that when we get to the threshold of so many people using Monero, it doesn't really matter because at that stage we won. Because to get Ross out or to get the Sanj out or to get the guy from Kikas Torrents out and more and more people, it's not about getting them out. It's about us going in and in overflowing the the fucking prisons until it's done. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like at some point, the, the, the biggest fear of the Orwellian lizard people, technocrat demon creatures or whatever, is that we all just walk up to the prison, walk in, and unlock his fucking door. Like, it's, I mean, there's literally all of this paperwork, all of these laws, all of these lawyers, all of these courtrooms are to create this massive illusion between 
there is a door with a guy behind it and it needs to be opened in order to fix a moral dilemma that we but, have allowed. But, we, but my point is we, we should do it by the, through the way of wanting to get in, to sacrifice ourselves to get them out by overflowing the prison. That's my point. Because if you we said do... it better than I did when I was like, come and get me, bro. I'm kind of a confrontational dude, but I like the way you said it. Like, okay, if I need to go in there until the prison is bursting at the seams, like, I mean, you got to realize these people will fucking starve to death if people like me go to prison. You know, like, how are they going to get their food? How are they going to grow their food? They're too busy having like gay orgies in the Senate halls or whatever to actually do anything productive. Uh, Doug, Doug, to your to your question, how do we how do we put the nodo? Uh, to turn the, the nodo into into a mesh network, yeah. To well, yeah, nodo uh, project as well as hardware wallets. Those are very important, and a mesh network as well as off-chain radio communication. Those are very important for Monero. All right. So, so how, how do we build that into the Nodo, right? So the Nodo becomes a uh, self-sustaining network. Well, the thing is that... Well, open source uh, hardware and just like public... Uh, yes, public key cryptography, that's it. You just have... Um, well, just it's rather cumbersome, but uh, uh, like I am biased because I'm talking out of Weather 2 program. You have 255... The Dunbar number is like 150, so you you have that uh, VPN connections to to everyone. So you can even call the neighbor miner and uh, ask what's up, how many blocks and stuff like that. And um, you just have to give them the certificates. That's the cumbersome part. Uh, but then a no, though, I guess it's a Raspberry Pi, four or five. Um, just would have uh, 500 VPN connection, but I don't know if the CPU will handle that. Yeah, yeah, it's not a Raspberry Pi, but okay, interesting. And, and the thing is, like, so I try to keep you motivated, Doug, because I really, honestly believe that you fill a gap that like us nerds just can't fucking do. Right? We're just not those people. The thing is, is Nodo represents a actually a large step towards. Okay, first it's like, here's hardware that we can uh, host light wallets. And then you go to the next step. Here's hardware that's optimized for mining. And then you go to the next step. Here's hardware that's optimized for using the dark web to buy coffee. And like it's, it, and you, you just keep doing those baby steps where, uh, it, because the truth is, is hardware for hosting networks is actually not that complicated, right? Now, the the firmware and having it work fast and all of that, I mean, now you've added layers of complexity to have it at the level that the ClearNet is now with all their proprietary bullshit that most people are... No, the but thing is also, if you, if you connect, let's say, Doug, you have your Nodo connected to another peer, you should trust him because he has a tunnel through you to you so he could be malicious towards you. So this is the thing that if you open a mesh network, the first hop should be trusted as I see it. Yeah. And, and it's also important to, I guess, to modularize the things. Like you have one Raspberry Pi for the phone, the bunker phone. Again, if anyone wants to help me there, that would be great because I cannot look at that code anymore. I'm sorry. And uh, then you have your Nova. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to stress one thing about what he said with your your first guy should be trusted, okay? there. I just want to point out that in a mesh network, 
it is not it's not a non-issue but it is less of an issue because it's only the distance that the mesh network has reached that you have to worry about hostile actors right it's not like the whole fucking internet unless it's connected to the whole internet um but the other thing is we're as it is right now if you are now using a mesh net as your primary source of getting outside intel a whole bunch of other shit has already happened right that has changed threat models for literally literally every okay yes, but yes we are we are talking about the nodo so the nodo would be connected to the internet syncing the blocks and then it would have a vpn connected to another nodo and one hop away to another node, though, I would suggest non-transitivity, like not just A to B, not A to B to C, like not A to C, just A to B, B to C. And yeah, between people that you know, and then you can have a bunker phone on another device. Modularization is important. And yeah. And I wonder if the development of Monero should start turning its attention towards something that's going to work well with the splinter net or mesh network scenario. Like if, if we can start, you know, I, I guess I've never really thought of how you would change things either, but um, maybe that is the next step to saying. I am yeah, but, uh, one thing I wanted to say is that like, obviously we're able to, to go on these long conversations talking about Monero. I feel like uh, I, I have seen in like telegram voice calls, like they, they have like a constantly up telegram voice call. Um, and it's a great place for just people in the Monero com like community, if we had one, to just uh, like they could come in and at any time of the day, 24 hours and like just start, you know, talking about Monero. I think there could, there could be a good opportunity for, you know, someone to create that. Um, I don't even know if it costs anything extra to use if you already have an existing telegram or something. Um, but yeah, I they just think that that would be a great idea to have like a, a, a 24 hour VC or video call or voice call where like people could talk about Monero. I mean, there wasn't even a guest segment or a dev segment. This is a fucking four-hour show. <laughs> like this, you know, that's it. Harkening back to all those haters at the beginning, Doug, when people are like, what are you going to have for content for Monero every single week? That was when I started Monero Talk, too. I was like, yeah, we've come a long way. Like, and dude, I, everything, every one of these shows gives me, like, 200 hours of shit that i want to learn about and look into <laughs> and connect with people like every single show i have a year's worth of the work to just connect and follow up on the stuff that's been brought up it's unbelievable this place is, is like a, a golden paradise for people who just want to get lost in the technicals yeah it's become it's become yeah, a nice resource like hold on hold on I just want to ask Remzi. Remzi, you're saying you could easily do that on Telegram? That's something that could be set up? I've seen it before. I don't know if it costs anything extra, but I think that you could, like, go in the Monerotopia Telegram and start a voice call. And if you have, like, it, you, it requires basically a few committed people who are just, like, constantly in there, and there might be, like, you know, some, some empty time. Like, you know, people might hop in at different times, or you could maybe do calls, like, you know, set them at a, at a specific time. But I, I, it's definitely a thing I've seen in the crypto community. Hey, Ramsey, I think the solution to that would be they're always up, but there's like designated times where people flood in. And then if it peters out, then it peters out. But maybe it'll go all the way until the next dedicated time. 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if Doug just like literally never cut it off. If we were all fucked still here until like next Saturday, you know, we could experiment with uh, have, having the stream just go. I mean, that that's up to you guys. Uh, you know, I'd have to step away, but I don't, again, I don't know what would happen again. The thing of Whitney Webb. What would be the approach, the diplomatic one, to getting you on, a, like, a fund must be created, right? Um, yeah, we, we would just, we, I mean, we would initially just approach her and see if she's down to do a, an interview. I don't think, I, she doesn't come across as somebody that we need to, to pay off to, to talk to. I think. Well, she's a pro, she's it. a pro, that's why I'm saying that. That would be the right thing to do, I guess. Yeah, may, maybe, maybe, if it comes down to that, but I think she might just be willing to have a conversation. You know, yeah, reaching out and getting getting your attention is really what it's what it's about. Getting your attention. Yeah, about the this one network layer. Yeah, we have to like uh, look at is our like hardware infrastructure like Nodo. Like we have a mon- umbrella for Monero, and we have to look out like we have a proper like distribution of open source hardware wallets. Then we have to look at like what is the alternative for those GoTena mesh network like. Fully open source, no like uh, radio communication regulation, uh, garbage or bullshit. So we have to like uh, look at like step by step, baby step. Like Ascanon has said, like baby step. We have to like fully like make sure that like, Monero has like an alternative for all those solutions. Then we have to look at like are those mesh networks or radio radio communication like communicating like blinded like fully encrypted and real blinded quick, I one and about that whole like baby step thing just to add to it real this idea of building something almost identical to monero but in rust and this idea of like having merge mining and this idea that uh that slot blocker was talking about um you know modifications that can be made to the way that the chain is conducted um so Historically speaking, it is actually really fucking weird to have one currency, right? The fact that the dollar has dominated the money supply is actually way outside of the historic norm because even when gold is kind of like the unofficial reserve uh, currency, it's actually not in the his- in the history of it all, right? It's like gold plus these seven things and then these 12 things in these areas, right? And the thing is, is if a whole bunch of different Moneros within a within multiple parallel economies and then the architecture of the seamless transition between each other, like Sarai decks, um, becomes a thing. And if people are just used to the idea of there being several different versions, you what's going on? What's going on? The thing, the thing of merge. Go ahead. The thing of merge mining. It's only a, uh, an advantageous situation to adopt merge mining, let's say, if you are worried because of the 51% attack. Then you would have like uh, merge mining with Litecoin, where the hash power of Litecoin is supporting you. Bitcoin will not merge mine with Monero. Because, I mean, that's what I was getting at. It's not a. So it's not a smart contract. I never use a smart contract. And it's about what you were saying two weeks ago when you were saying if the hash power went up, it would probably pump the price as well. That's kind of where that that's what I'm thinking. I'm not really as worried about a 51% attack right now as the idea of if you because if you merge mine, it pumps the price because of the hash. Like you were, I had never thought of it until you brought it up. Back. No, that's because of the cost again. 
Uh, yeah, none of us ha- none of us uh, have uh, Monero, so there is no supply. So the price of Monero ideally depends on the average cost globally of mining a block. Plus, there is no supply, but okay. Plus the demand, plus the speculation, and another thing because now we are in cryptocurrencies, the health of the network. If you go to Chinatown, you want to pay for something, and the lady tells you, "No, no, cannot pay with." Uh, this because uh, coin A is a uh, spam block, so you cannot, uh, the network is down, price goes down immediately because it's a highly competitive network. This is the most ruthless money. The, va- the value of this currency lies in its utility. That's a great meme. The value of the cryptocurrency lies in its utility and lies, lies, and more lies. The BIS does not need Bitcoin. <laughs> I'm just rambling. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like if if you use all of these solutions in parallel as much as you can. So maybe you do make a blockchain. So for example, how much, you know, revolutionary ideas have been explored on chains like Wow Narrow that would be compatible with updates into Monero? I'm not exactly sure, but on the flip side, you know, look at how much Monero has done for Tor with, you know, random X, right? So if you have competing blockchains, but you also pump the price with merge mining, plus you also have it where like this blockchain is dedicated towards advancing the tech for being usable on mesh networks. This blockchain is dedicated for advancing the check, the tech and securing privacy on the clear net. This blockchain is dedicated towards advancing the tech for making smart contracts more efficient uh, while merge mining, right? It, it, and then you have multiple dexes that are streamlining the the, the it basically making it really easy for somebody who defaults to Monero to just seamlessly spend Monero at somebody who is receiving Wow Narrow or somebody who is receiving some other token. Um, and now you have made it a moot point for somebody to even try to attack one chain over the other. Or try to shut down the clear net when you know mesh networks are just a given that they will work the minute that you shut down the internet, right? I mean, I don't know which coin would merge mine with you Monero. Didn't, you didn't hear you. Uh, I don't know which uh, which coin would merge mine with Monero. Do you hear me? And Doc, you were saying we are you, bro. No, no, no. All good. I'm on it. Uh, the thing Although is, I... the merge mine with okay. Monero, I think most of the uh, privacy coin or like those dark fight, they will, and auction maybe, and wall Monero, I think those will be the only coins doing it properly. But yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, difficult, like people are discussing like a ring signature and full chain membership proof. Yeah, okay, the discussion is fine. Then we have to look like, we have to see, we are like a minority chain. And we are like a privacy chain. So what are the trade-offs? Like Eve, Alice, Eve attack. Like we have like in ring signature. Okay, what's the best mitigation within ring signature? If there is one, yeah, it's best to implement it. If there is no such implementation, like a ring signature is giving problem and full chain membership proofs are solving those problems, yeah, it's best to switch it. So yeah, there is like trade-off. We have to see what are the trade-offs in each models. And the thing is, and it, and it is the informed people, and it is the informed people that that give the signal because this concept of decoy devs is important because we don't yeah, want our devs going to jail, and we we yeah, should protect yeah, each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have to say another two points. Like one point is within 50 years, the tech will not be the same. Like the Merkle tree, the root, all those tech which are coming out even in the zero knowledge group. Those will change like drastically. And the thing, another thing is like, the see, like uh, you look at our enemies, they're trying to put cryptocurrency as assets. Why? Because they don't want even the concept of currency. Like people use peer-to-peer -peer money. Why? Because they won't pay like capital gains tax if they do it too much. So now they lost their control. So the thing is our enemies want control. How do you mitigate that? Use tools like Monero or other privacy coin or whatever as peer-to-peer -peer money. Use circular economy. And then you have to look at like our debts. Are they in the shadows? Are they paying their tax? If they are not, then that's good. I, I'm not saying advocating like don't pay your taxes, but for I am, reason, I, I, I if you're in a private... Knows. I heard yeah. Yeah, yeah. that I will die in a hail of bullets before I will let that man go. Yeah. No, yeah, that's pay your taxes. It's evil. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you are like a developer of like a privacy coin and you are like in a huge, insane dystopian world and if you just give up your like information, oh, I got this much income while working as a developer, then you are screwed and the project basically will get co-opted. So yeah, for security reasons, we want our privacy community on the devs to be in the shadows as well as not paying taxes. Otherwise, if they get Monero and they report it, then they are screwed. Just so everybody knows, if you ever want to pay your devs, you can still put cash in a bag, wrap the bag up tight, dig a hole, put the bag in the hole, cover it with Tabasco sauce, bury the bag, and then inform your dev on encrypted communications where they can find the bag of cash. Yeah, that's why we need like, yeah. Digging up in the hole. <laughs> okay. But anyway. Yeah, that's why we need like proper like cryptographic solution for like dummy wallets or decoy wallets. Like you have your policy. That sounds like a that sounds like just a good way to coins on their doorstep. Just Alaska. That sounds like just a good way to run uh, local Monero. Um, yeah, that's I mean, the thing. Like we need way. tools for like yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need tools like this one for like decoy wallets or like dummy wallets. But we have to see like we have to. Uh, means we have to put that structure in proper way like we have like our policy with one passphrase like we will have our main wallet with another passphrase we will have our decoy and dummy wallets so yeah like for like for uh, even for defense like for defense against wrench attack five dollars wrench attack in the u.s or like in proper like a uh, free world like you have your like gun like you use your second amendment rights but for the rest of us, like it's another layer of defense will be like dummy and decoy wallets with proper use of cryptography and zero knowledge proof. So yeah, we have to like see that we have no trans. We have to even I think Monero it will change. Like we'll see Monero with less view keys, less like uh, transaction history, like proper use of zero knowledge proof. Yeah, it will change, but we have to like make sure the time is there and the developers, the new one. And the old developers are staying in the shadows. And they are not revealing their, their, their income tax or capital gains tax. Otherwise, they are screwed. Like, even if you want... Why, to, why are they screwed if they're... they're I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know if they're... they're no, no. Screwed. The view keys... The view keys is a good thing. 
like it's optional privacy. That the, another point is like um, imagine that not merge mining, but um, like proof of useful work by Monero miners, like uh, cracking enzymes or cracking DNA sequences for the benefit of humanity. You know, then the regulators come you evil Monerians, and we said, no, we're contributing to medicine, folks. What, what is your problem? We have also have view keys here, um, and it's good. Uh, and then they ask, are you a dev? And no, uh, me love you. I, I dev, me love you. Uh, I do git push uh, Tor over SSI, but I lose keys. Please talk with my lawyer. <laughs> Can we, can we let Cypher get that green stamp thing? Uh, He's been waiting for a really long time. Can we all just, let's, let's let Cypher Bliss do his screen share thing that he's been talking about. Because there's also people in the YouTube audience that really want to see what he's talking about. Is that cool with you, Doug? Go ahead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, and we'll, we'll, we're going to end the stream after this. Go ahead. How does it look? It's not up yet on our end. But also, Cypher, are you in the Element group? I don't think I've ever seen you. Uh, no, I'm not on anything, really. I'm, like, Signal is the closest I get to, to anything. <laughs> he sounds like me a year ago, dog. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> we found another one. Um, go ahead and do the, uh, you, you're doing Present? And yeah, make sure the... you do the it's present. Here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Same you are... would be a good addition. Wait. So you can see it now? Yep. Yep. Let me see your screen. So here, um, I'm not on YouTube, so I can't like paste it. But here we go. Um, prancing. He was uh, he's talking about it a few few weeks ago. He's trying to to learn new stuff. I've basically watched everything on on YouTube uh, about Monero and Red and stuff like that. So so here's um here's my take. Um, I think this would be helpful for for anyone getting into Monero or people are already into it. Um, we got uh, Monero Sun, Mount, Sun Money Safe Mode by Monero Community Workgroup featuring Dr. Daniel Kim. Uh, we got some of the hated one uh, videos, Watchmen Privacy people have mentioned, Monero Magazine, Monero Mateo, what's going on bro, uh, Untraxable, Mental Outlaw. Also, Monero Mateo, if you're watching this, will you please produce content again? No, he's, he's running again. I think he posted yeah, that on Christmas. Oh, dude, like he was okay. fire. It's like, come back, dude. We yeah, missed you. He's awesome. He's got great takes on Bitcoin and Monero and everything. I love him. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's it. And finally, like all of these are, are videos. And the, the last one is Mastering Monero. You can get it for free at Mastering Monero or buy it if you want. Uh, keep up to date, I would say getmonero.org, the Monero Community Workgroup, Sehabi YouTube channel, great talks there, Monero Talk, of course, and I don't know, like hashtag Monero, I can't see that much, <laughs> um, but I can I can uh, copy-paste this into the, into the private chat, and then, I don't know, people can share it from there. We should probably make a short out of that and throw it up. Okay. Yeah, um, get that. You just like screenshot if you're on on YouTube. You can screenshot that. You you have to type it in manually, but I mean, it doesn't take that much time. Um, I've I think I watched pretty much everything on Monero. That's not a, a, a 
like uh, click oh, pay, money, money go up uh, type thing. And for for me, like this is this is this is great. If you go through this, you'll be well familiarized with with Monero and uh, and everything. So so I'll post that in the um, the private chat, and maybe Doug or anyone else can uh, share yeah, that I further. Heard. Yeah, I think Would you got you it all. Awesome. Yeah, I'll um I'll get all all of it in there. That's it. Thanks. I was thinking about doing something super clickbaity, like Monero is the only legitimate stable coin, and then doing another one like hundred x your bags with Monero or something like, and and like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's not much of that here in the in the resources, but you know, anything that helps. And it's still a good resources. I think so. I've um, carefully selected them through like everything I've seen on on uh, Monero. I haven't read uh, the Monero standard yet, so maybe that could be a good resource too. I can't say anything about it yet, but these are my top top ten uh, resources right here. So hope it helps anyone new to Monero or or old, especially like Arctic Mine. Yeah, I think it will need on, one uh, zero to Monero guide. Yeah, I think one zero to Monero guide that yeah, is also yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, that's more tech, more technical. So I, I don't know if I would like put it on a start your Monero journey list, but yeah, definitely. I think after Monero, mastering Monero, the last one will be zero to Monero for like the ultimate guide. Yeah, uh, and the discussion I was talking about view keys. Yeah, we have to look at uh, what are the trade-offs? What are the benefits? Like, it's everything is about the trade-offs and the benefits. So if, bro, and the presentation, otherwise it can have that weird fucking thing in the back. Well, I2P, I think it's a good thing to have view keys. So you are at one side. Um, well, it is a thing of the regulators, but it's just optional. Like, okay, don't, uh, nothing and stuff like that. But it's just like like joking with them, you see? It's not no, bending it's not the knee, it's joking with them. That's different. That's different, you know? It increases the use case of Monero. You can also um, have other use cases for it than just for the regulator. The view keys are used for other things too. Why? Yeah, nobody you also have, and shit like that. Uh, having like the ability to broadcast or the ability to use wallets in certain ways that also don't compromise the security of your of your coins. That uh, view keys, especially the way that they're going to be implemented in Seraphis in particular right now. Justin Berman, uh, he did a presentation in Monerotopia about view keys, if I'm not mistaken. I've, I've read some of the stuff he's written. The things that are going to be available to devs by having views and like the way that it, and think about the implications for a Kuno project, right? Where, um, you know, if, pers- if a person is making a Kuno and then they can have view keys for for whatever it is that they're claiming that they want to do. And maybe you could take like chunks of the financing at a time and then demonstrate that you use the first wave of funding for what you said you would. Uh, the view keys are going to be unbelievably valuable. Tux is back. Yeah, the view keys, the yeah, we have to look like, yeah, yeah. the view keys, like, yeah, there is a benefit, like charity purpose and all that. But yeah, we have to look like the view keys of old Monero and the Seraphis, 
upgraded Monero as well as full chain membership proofs Monero. Those will be different. And uh, the view keys Jam. will also shift Jam. within time. Yeah, jam this also. And view keys will also like switch or shift within time when new new upgrades come up. It will get better. But yeah, we have to look at the trade-offs also. So yeah, it's not it's not like view keys are the fi in final solution. Like view keys are not the final solution. We just have to look at the trade-offs. What 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 trade-offs do they have? What what benefits do they give? Guys, I think I'm gonna close end the stream here. Tux, you get, you wanted to say something? I was just saying I'm. I can't believe you guys are still. Uh, I was like, I, I keep checking every because I'm trying to get Ren in the video. Uh, and I'm just like, oh wow, they're still alive. They're still alive. So. We we just let it go. We just let it go. We we had a couple oh, of new guests up here. Were you guys talking about the new uh, the new view key? Uh, that was just the most recent part of the conversation. Yeah, I figured. All right, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out. Uh, unless anything, anybody has anything that they need to get out there before I close it. But I I think we've all had plenty of time to to speak. Anything? Use anything essential. Arrow. All right. Shalom. Thank thank you everybody for joining us. We do these shows every week at 11 a.m. Eastern. See you guys next week. Bye. Adios. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Mineratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.